Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of the Midwest Auto Sports Podcast. My name is Lauren Big Contact Kelly, and I'm here with Will Midpack Garretts and Gary Cornell. Gary Cornell from Wisconsin Sprint Car Updates is here in the studio, and as well in the studio, we have Hey, what's up, guys? Chatty Maddie here. And Preston Rue. Preston Rue. So we have a very full studio, including our producer for the day, Izzy. Um, so very happy to have, I think we have six people in this very tiny little basic basically a closet um that is our studio no this is a big this is a big studio we have a corridor and everything we do have a corridor leading <laughs> right to the studio yes. um we've even got like we could have like soundproofing up on the walls and stuff make it really official um but yes so obviously this is the holiday special midwest auto sports podcast we are live on facebook right now as well as um, if any of you are listening to this on Sunday afternoon, which is when this show will actually go up live on our Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Podbay, everything. Um, and I think this is going to be a really fun show. We've got a ton to talk about, so we're going to get straight into it. But first, business to take care of. We're, of course, are presented, as always, by Sage Fruit. Sage Fruit is a high-quality grower, packer, and shipper of Washington State apples, pears, and cherries. We work hard on the farm and the packing houses and in sales to deliver an exceptional eating experience to our customers. For the past 17 years, Sage Fruit has been a proud sponsor of racing, and we value our relationship with Sprint Car fans and appreciate your continued support of Sage Fruit. Ask for Sage Fruit at your local grocer, Sage Fruit, an exceptional eating experience. And, of course, we have a lot of Sprint Car stuff to talk about today. Um, but we're going to talk about a lot of other things as well. And do you want to kind of run down the yeah, show? Yeah, let's, uh, we're going to talk about the news. We have a little bit of asphalt, a lot of dirt stuff, and mm-hmm. we're going to do something a little special this episode since it's the last one of the year. We're going to kind of break down everything that's kind of happened, I guess. Then we're going to have a little bit in the rumor mill. Um, we're going to have, we don't have any feature winners cause everything's done, but Watched some really cool sprint car racing from Australia last night, though. Yeah. That was actually really cool. Did you watch the midgets at Western Springs? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, w- I got the Dirt Vision stream, and then I was switching back and forth between that and full it's racing. It's a little different, because normally on Boxing Day down there, they have all the Americans there, which right. is really cool. Which They still so- had Brock Zierfoss down there, and he did pretty well. We'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, uh, we have a bunch of interviews today. Yes. Uh, a little short... Uh, <laughs> Quick fast hitting stuff, but uh, that'll pretty much do it, and we'll just kind of take it from there. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a different kind of podcast, a little more relaxed. We're all here to just have a good time today and uh, talk about some racing. So we're going to get into our first segment of the day, and we're going to shout out to Cardboard Carl, but he's standing in front of our first sponsor. So I'm going to move him over to the side slightly. QualityFreightRate.com news segment, of course, presented by QualityFreightRate.com. The auto racing family is like no other fan base on the planet. Loyal, hardworking, blue-collar, and kind people all gathering for a common purpose day in and day out at local racetracks around the world. And that's what you'll find at QualityFreightRate.com. Shipping all over North America, Quality Freight Rate works with thousands of companies and has over 27 years of shipping experience, and we do it all for less. And in the spirit of Christmas... We're giving you guys a code to use for 10% off your first shipping quote at qualityfreightrate.com. And that code is TEAMMAS, all one word, all caps, um, for 10% off your first shipping quote. Um, And they do a lot of really good work. And, of course, ship for our other sponsor, Liquid Nitro Energy Drink and Kick-Ass Beef Jerky, as you see right down in front of us. So we're going to get into the news portion. And this is going to be kind of quick hit stuff because we're going to get right into – we've got some state of the sport kind of things uh, that we're going to talk about a little bit later with 
some of our guests, and then we'll get into our interviews. So you want to start off the news for us? Sure. So what everyone has been saying about an F1 hap- finally happened. I'm super happy about it. Sergio Perez is going to the Red Bull seat, and demotes Albon to not being a race car driver per se, but he is a <laughs> he is a he is a test driver and a reserve driver. Yeah. So and also Lewis Hamilton hasn't signed a contract yet. Yeah, and <laughs> it's so funny because you see the F1 uh, silly season graphics, and there's the blank spot at Mercedes, and everybody's like, "Oh, I wonder, I wonder who's gonna sign there." Um, but this is kind of interesting because Will and I, of course, are massive F1 fans, but we have Gary and Preston Matty who not don't necessarily know a ton about F1, but uh, you know, we we like to consider everybody here well-rounded racing individuals. Um, so we all we all like racing. Um, this sorry. is a learning experience. Right? Exactly. So, um, but you get to hear about all the the silly season yeah. stuff in F one. <laughs> Uh, basically, for those of you who don't know, obviously Sergio Perez won one of the last races of the year in a mid-pack car, um, and kind of he got a little bit lucky, but he also bested everybody. I mean, he was he bossed the field, was last after lap one, and uh, worked his way back up through the field and uh, took the win. And of course, Alex Albon's been struggling to say the least all season in the second Red Bull car, and uh, it was kind of a no-brainer for Red Bull, I think, to put present to that seat yeah i think that was a pretty good choice as well and but in uh in relation to that amazon is in talks to start streaming formula one races which would be good for me because i don't want to pay for f1 tv and i don't want to pay for cable but i have amazon prime so (laughs) that would be awesome i think i think a lot more people would uh one get amazon prime and two um watch f1 i think if they did that which would be really really cool i think I'd probably watch it. Well, I mean, I already have cable and whatnot, but I'd I'd probably watch it on my phone. Make it more accessible, yeah, yeah, if you're on the road or anything. Um, And this is interesting. Yeah, there was rumored to be another sports figure getting involved with NASCAR ownership, and people were like, who is this going to be? It's Floyd Mayweather. Uh, anyway, he's well. He's not really involved. He just got like the okay to use his brand for the <laughs> teaming. They're called the Money Team, and they're gonna they're trying to get ready to go racing with a partnership with Spire Racing, the now back marker team. But they're working to get towards the front. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two cars this next season. They right? will. They're working. So it sounds like the Money Team is going to back the second car, and they're gonna go full time racing. Seven or the seventy seven. I think that'd be the seventy seven. Okay. That's interesting. But they're um, trying to go full-time racing in 22. You know, it's kind of funny because there's a lot of figures coming into NASCAR this year that you wouldn't necessarily think would come into NASCAR. Like Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, exactly. And that's the one that comes to mind. Floyd Mayweather, obviously, is another one. But those are two people with an insane amount of money. And more money in NASCAR, I think, is always... More money in racing in general is just always a good thing. So I think I think it'll be... I think it's good for the sport. Um, and that'll be... It'll be interesting. Um, and then this is interesting. This is another uh, NASCAR-ish news here. Um, Noah Gregson is uh, going to race the Daytona 500 in the Beard? Baird? Beard. Beard. Number 62 car. <laughs> That's where the car that you see Brendan gone make his four appearances oh, okay. per year in. Sure, sure, sure. But Didn't he win in that car at Road America? That was the Xfinity car. Right. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. The Xfinity yeah. number 62. That's it was sponsored cool. by like South Point Casino or something like yeah, that, right? Yep. That's uh, Brendan yeah. Gaughan's parents, actually. Okay, nice. Really? Yeah, they own the South Point Casino. Nice. That's handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when, then, I, when I was there in March, they actually have one of the cars there. 
like in at the South Point yeah. Casino. Oh, that's cool. that's cool. Um, and then obviously this is news that we all kind of found about this last week. Chase Elliott is going to race in the Rolex Twenty Four Hours of Daytona for Action Express Racing with Felipe Nazar, Mike Conway, and Pippo Durrani. Re- again, both uh, Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson are in really good teams, but they're not teammates. Like everyone right. was saying that they had to be. No, they're not. No. <laughs> I, I honestly thought Chase Elliott was going to drive in the in one of the Corvettes. I thought so as well because I don't think he's done any endurance racing before. Who knows? He's a man Hasn't, of many talents. He is a man of many talents. Um, but Action Express, for those of you who don't know, is that their DPI team right now? Are they going to be LM? Or no, it's still DPI. It's still DPI, year. but LMDH comes in in 2022 or right. 2023. Okay. So know. it's still DPI next year. Um, but Action Express is a very, very good team. They've won a lot, a lot of championships in IMSA. Um, so Chase is going to be in good hands uh, for that race. And obviously they're partnered with Chevrolet, which is why um, Chase is going there. Because obviously with the partnership with Hendrick. Um, and now Long Beach was originally scheduled to be the opener. And I think it's still due to COVID. Um, it's been rescheduled for the IndyCar finale. So just kind of, yeah. Just, pushing it back just, as far as they can. Just switched it to the end. Of the I still schedule. have my I still have my doubts whether it will happen or not. I hope it does. Um, I didn't really know anything about Long Beach until is it that, came to iRacing, racing. But now I'm like, oh, I'm all in for this. I never really watched it's Long a Beach great race track. before. <laughs> if you've ever seen if you've ever seen a race there, it's fantastic. Even when IMSA's there, it's always a really really good race. Um, but is that mainly because that Long Beach relies so much on fans being there? Yeah. So, okay. So that makes sense. It's not like an oval where, you know, they can kind of like get it's by. All, it's all in the streets of Long Beach. You yeah. Know? It's, but I know they always had, I think it was always between Road America, the past few years at least, was between Road America and Long Beach for the biggest crowds, which always amazed me because Long Beach is such a small facility in comparison yeah. to Road America. So I mean, it's almost like... It's, Almost, there's like millions of people. There's, right there are millions that, of people right there, so that does help. Um, they don't have to drive out of town to get to Elkhart Lake, but um, it's still a really cool track. And yes, it's on iRacing now, and it is a ton of fun, at least. I haven't driven it yet, but it looks like a ton of fun to drive. Um, last little bit of asphalt news here no more Beepus sponsorship at Hendrick. Pepsi. Pepsi. That's <laughs> our name for Pepsi. Uh, yeah, it was kind of, they, they were releasing all their paint schemes for. Uh, the 2021 season and some Reddit investigators, uh, some sleuths on the site, they noticed that there was no Pepsi or Mountain Dew branding on any of their uh, racing suits or the cars. So uh, they kind of pretty much bullied Hendrick Motorsports into announcing that Pepsi won't be back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like Uh, they were just going to let it slip under the radar, I'm assuming. But then fans were like, like, hey, where's Pepsi? We need Pepsi. Like, ah, sorry, it's not coming back. And then uh, this one you put in here, NASCAR toying around with, of course, this is something that got everyone all in a tizzy for this last season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it on I liked the podcast. It. I genuinely I didn't liked mind it. it. As long as it's, like, in proportion and just, like, slid back to the rear well. We're talking about really, the number placement that the NASCAR number placement for uh, the All-Star race. And, I don't uh, really have a problem with it. I did have a problem with the underglow. How did you feel, Gary? Yeah, watch it. The okay. <laughs> they had underglow on their cars, like from Fast and the Furious. Really? And I thought it was hilarious because yeah. everybody's like, it's going to look so cool at night. And I was like, the track's lit. 
It's, it doesn't look like night. <laughs> yeah, lightning, the track. lightning McQueen taught us that. The track's yeah, lit, you know? Exactly, the track's lit. Uh, you don't need headlights. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the number placement thing is such a trivial, stupid thing to complain about. But everybody finds something to complain about. NASCAR so. fans find something to complain about. That's very true. Time. But before we get into the dirt segment, yeah, do we it, have any questions? Do we have any nope. interesting no questions. questions or comments? Perfect. I, I've great. received some messages from fans that they said they are spamming the chat is there anything in there of note i guess i can check myself <laughs> nothing that's good I'll, look, I'll just look um top Jared, fan here jason Schilling, and the cat yes the cat is here yeah thomas schultz commenting he's hey, down there he's down there somewhere uh jason says he's calling the Fondy police to get lauren out to replace what that doesn't even make any sense hey we'll just ignore that <laughs> And then it's Jason Schilling weekend. Jason's already gone. It's fine. Jason Schilling is commenting. He says to try and convince Preston Rue to grow a stash to be like Jared Verba. And then John John Soon says hello from Milwaukee. Hello John. And uh, now we're here to talk about what we all know that you yeah, what everyone is here to, to talk about. Um, dirt. Uh, Willie Garrett's to the Chili Bowl. Yeah, I'm going to the Chili yeah. Bowl. Not as a driver, but I'm there. <laughs> Either way, I'm jealous. Man. Yeah, that's I'm I'm very very jealous. But also, when I heard about how much tickets were, that I, I wasn't so jealous. <laughs> they're, yeah, twenty five percent capacity. They got to make money somehow. Yeah, they do. Um, but our pit pass is unlimited. But then you can't even. No, see they're the track not unlimited. Um, they're not unlimited. No. No. Well, there you go. Um, and then there's been a lot of guys coming out saying they're going all star racing this next season. Obviously. The big one that we talk about here in Wisconsin, Bill Baylog, and uh, this is one of the reasons we brought in Gary Cornell today to talk about uh, some Wisconsin Sprint Car news and stuff like that. But other people going all star racing full time in twenty twenty one. Tyler Courtney, I think that's a, a giant add to Ty- the series. Tyler Courtney's yeah. massive, um, obviously USAC superstar, um, and he showed a lot of speed in that wing car this past season. Tyler Courtney, T J. Michael, um, Zach Hampton. Um, and then there's still one more coming um, with the Cauldron 07 car is going all-star racing next year, but they're yes. yet to announce the driver. Um, so I think that's one of those seats that everybody thought Bill was going to go to, um, but he's going all-star racing in his own car. Yeah, good um, for him. I think that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have any like extended thoughts. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I'm very interested to see where the Cauldron car ends up. Mm-hmm. With who? There's speculation out there. It's uh, Lucas Wolf. I think was one of them that I've recently heard. Okay, we'll see. It's interesting too that Gerard McIntyre's out because I don't think, I don't think he had a terrible season this last year. It's just Bill showed the potential of where that car could be. Yeah, and I feel like McIntyre, like G Mac, just never had it there. Yeah, they just didn't gel well. Right. Yeah, yeah. and obviously Bill apparently. He hopped right in there and yeah. was immediately fast. Yeah, so, I think everybody thought Bill was going to land a cauldron. Yeah, um, but I'm very happy to see him go with his own 17B. Keeps that number alive, um, and also um, he's kind of bringing his some of his own guys. I don't know if it's all the same, obviously, because some of those guys were Ryan Auto guys. Right. But I know there's a couple guys that he personally employed that are coming with him uh, to the All-Stars, which is so cool. Um, and I still think, I think Hans Lien is still a part of that car, is he not? I, I don't know. I and the, I don't know. I thought, I thought maybe it was still their co-owned 17B. I know Hans still owns that two car, but, yes. um, I don't think that that car has anything to do with what Bill's doing. But then obviously the Tyler Courtney with Claus and Marshall, obviously NOS yeah. Energy Drink, 
That's huge. It is. That's, With Aaron Reitzel leaving the series, I think they needed some star power to fill it up. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Cortner is a perfect guy to mm-hmm. fill that spot. Yeah. And I'm sure uh, Chris Wyndham will probably run a handful with them, too. Oh, I would love to see Wyndham in a wing car. And and where is Alex Bowman's car going to be? I know it's not full-time anywhere. They're going to be bouncing around. Exactly. It'll be bouncing around, I think. Hopefully Um, make a stop up here in Badger State. Yeah, absolutely. And Chatty Maddie, you're our resident news expert. Um, So do you have any thoughts on Bill Baylog uh, leaving the IRA? And you've obviously worked with the IRA, and actually so does Gary now. Um, But, uh, you know, do you have any thoughts on, on that deal? Yeah, I definitely think that... Bill Balak has accomplished a lot with the IRA, and it's something to definitely look at. Um, and I definitely agree that... We're bringing CM Maddie Hamm- in here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit on the hot seat here. There I definitely, go. I love seeing that Bill Balak do very well with the IRA. As a little girl watching him for years, with yeah. him accomplishing 10 championships, yeah. I think it's very good for the IRA and for the All-Stars to be receiving... And to be passing out a brand new hot driver. He definitely is a wheelman. Definitely mm-hmm. can gain Rookie of the Year honors in the All-Stars. I'm looking forward to see that. That's the battle I'm really yeah. looking forward to. Like the championship, I honestly think Corey Eliason's got it. I mean, he's really one of the only returning guys besides like Skyler G. Or, I don't know. But uh, I think Corey's got it pretty much locked up. But that Rookie of the Year battle, I mean, you've got yeah. Tyler Courtney, TJ Michael, Bill Baylog. And then yeah. whoever comes into the zero seven car, if it's returning or I don't know, but yeah, I think the battle between Bill and Tyler is going to be really good. Yeah, I think it. It obviously depends what kind of equipment Bill gets, but I mean, I'm sure he's going to get best of the best, just like everybody else. So yeah, I don't know what sponsors he's bringing with him. That's an interesting thing that I haven't heard about yet, um, because yeah, he obviously yeah. has some pretty good partners lined up if he's committing. Cool. Who belongs to? Who does Kurt Trailer Hitch belong to? I don't Ryan know. Yeah, or is it a Bill sponsor? One. I think that's a Bill sponsor. Yeah, I think be- it's a Bill sponsor. Because they were on his car at the Governor's Reign. Yes, they were. And he brought that's the 17B he's running in the All Stars next year. Wouldn't be too surprised to see them make a bigger yeah. presence on that car. That or I don't know if Forest Brook Seeds is a Ryan Auto sponsor or if they're his own deal because they were a big part of his yeah. team last year. But either way, I think that that Rookie of the Year battle is going to be. I think it'll be one to watch, especially Bill Balak has everyone from the IRA backing him up with the All-Stars. Because once again, such a renowned driver with the IRA to be cheering on for, especially since he's local. He's got the whole Midwest behind him, I guarantee you that. Everybody that watches the IRA is going to be rooting for Bill. Um, I know we all are. Um, So obviously good luck to Bill. But with Bill leaving the IRA, it really blows the IRA completely wide open, in my opinion. Which is I've, what's going to make it more interesting to watch. Yeah. 2021 <clears throat> is going to be the year. Yeah. It's going to be, and in, I don't know if you have thoughts on We talked about this a little bit last week, I think, where it just opens up the IRA completely in terms of the championship. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got a little frog in my throat here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I think there's a lot of guys that are either learning and are going to get to that next level, and without Bill uh, there, they might pull through for their first win. I mean, Sean's one of those guys. He's a, he's a fast learner. And also Jordan Goldsberry, he's always a guy that's kind of perennial, annually. Uh, he's just a guy who's always, beaten, always he's beaten up at Bill. the front. But yeah, yeah he's without, him at Beaver Dam. This Beaver Dam, yeah. Um, just a whole bunch of guys. I mean, Jeremy Schultz, I mean, he he's already won a championship when Bill wasn't running full-time. 
Uh, Scotty Neitzel, I mean, he's always in the top three, it seems. Former two-time champion. Scotty Neitzel's got two under his belt. Yeah, and uh, he's obviously, I think Scotty Neitzel's the most consistent driver I've ever seen in my entire life. Finishes like third or fourth every single week. It doesn't matter what happens or what the track's like, he's like third or fourth every week. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, Um, those those podiums in the past are going to turn into uh, P1s really P1s and P2s, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think Jake Blackhurst is obviously (laughs) up there for the favorite just going into the Ryan Auto team um going to that 39 car um obviously he's going to have nearly the same equipment that Baylog had um he's got everything on the table for him to win a championship but again obviously Jordan Goldsberry if he runs full time uh I think he's he's my favorite to win win it all if he runs full time I don't think he will um, but just he'll be there competing for wins when he does come up here. Same thing with Blake Neamey. He's not yeah. running full-time, but he's going to compete for wins because uh, he came close to an all-star oh, win yeah. last year. Yes, he did. Um, so I think those guys, obviously Neitzel, Blackhurst, and Schultz, I really think Jeremy's going to have a good year. Um, and obviously Sean. I really think Sean's going to be at the next level this year with all the racing. We're going to talk to him in a little bit, actually. But uh, I think he's going to be at the next level next year with all the racing he's done yeah. in the off season. Um, and racing on tracks that are very, very different than up here. But at the same time, he's gotten good racing down south in completely and utterly dry, slick, rubber down stuff. And I think when he comes back up here and, you know, you get to Beaver Dam or Plymouth or whatever and it's hammered down, I think it's just going to be that much better. Um, So I think that it's really going to give him an advantage. But we're going to move on from the IRA now. Uh, Circle City Raceway, this is a big... This is a big deal. Yeah. Um, I'm really, really excited about this. Yeah, and you, it seems like a road trip for next summer to me. Yeah, you're a USAC guy, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it's Circle City Raceway is Indianapolis's, Indiana, Indian, I can't even talk today, Indianapolis's <laughs> newest dirt track uh, being built from the ground up pretty much, and they are going to host a bunch of cool races this year. They are... They're going to be hosting USAC Midgets, the All-Star Circuit of Champions, and six shows for 410 sprint cars, uh, mostly non-wing because that's kind of what they like to do in that area of the country. And they're going to top off with a $21,000 to win show. And they also put it in the footnotes of that article that they're going to add $1,000 to win every year they do it. Oh, nice. That's awesome. That's incentive for people to keep coming year after year. Yeah. That's so for sure. We're watching in 2050. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. It's going to be one heck of a show. <laughs> and it's $55,000 to win or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I think it's really awesome. Uh, you know, Indy has obviously their big half mile. Um, and there's obviously a lot of dirt tracks in Indiana just in general with USAC kind mm-hmm. of centering around Indiana. But It, it just kind of sucks for the Indianapolis people who are based there. Uh, I know a lot of uh, sprint car teams are based in Indianapolis. They always have to drive like two, two hours, hours yeah. each way to get to a, a track. But now they'll have something right, right there, there, about thirty minutes from downtown. I think it's really cool. I don't think yeah. there's any kind of downside to that at all. Maybe the homeowners association. I have no idea. I have no idea where. It's I mean, being. If, if Sun Prairie's an indication, they'll yeah. just kind of get over it. <laughs> they'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, well, we'll probably end up talking about that in these next coming weeks as well. Um, I don't know if you have any info on that deal. No, we don't. Oh, we, we don't. have a couple questions, though. Oh, oh yes. Oh, comments. completely forgot. Yes, obviously, Mike Reinke, um, that's a big one. I don't know if he's running full-time. I think he's still... I have no idea, but I know he's... Pr- I think he's with Bob Hood Bob Hood still, yeah. yeah. Um, he announced that last year. Obviously, completely spaced on Scotty Thiel 
in the Aussie Motorsports number seventy three. That's gonna be oh, yeah. that's gonna be a big one. Um, to answer your Tom uh, Thomas Schultz question, is thought Scotty Thiel running Knoxville Raceway? Not that we have heard specifically. No. Now that he's with the seventy three, he's, he's full time full time with Aussie Motorsports, but there could be. Preston's got something stuff. here. Preston's yeah. got something. Originally, that's what he had planned to do, was ride right. Knoxville full yes. time. And then when he announced the ride uh, with the 73, then he said he's actually not going to do that and he's going back. Right so I know I know when it was just him and his 64 car, that was the plan. Was yes. to run yep. Knoxville weekly and just do that um, and go all out there. But obviously then he got the call from Ozzy uh, to come drive the 73. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it changed, yeah. changed his plans a little bit. His Knoxville plan was under the DKT name, right? Um, yes. DKT Motorsports? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but there's still the 64 Pro Plating car. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Russell Steve Gulick says, uh, Russell Borland will give him a run for the money. Yes, another person I completely yeah. forgot about. Russell put on a couple really good performances oh, yeah. last year. Finished, what did he finish? Second, Second to Bill? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's, when he's on, was he, when he's on his day, he's really good. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if Bill wasn't there that night, Russell would have won that race. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think, uh, Again, just with Bill being gone, I mean, we also, I mean, I put, I tweeted about it a couple of weeks ago, but we have to appreciate how much Bill did for the IRA and, you oh, know, yeah. how, oh, yeah. what, the enormity of what he accomplished. Like, it's just, when I looked at the stats, it's unbelievable. I think yeah. he, he finished in the top 10 in 80% of the races, that yeah. over 80% of the races mm-hmm. that he entered, which he's is. He's a wheel man. He knows what he's doing. It's, oh, yeah. I don't care what series you're in, that's. Almost impossible. Yeah. Like, that's an unbelievable, unbelievable stat. Um, so, we obviously, again, we wish Bill all the best, but we're obviously super excited for what that can do for the IRA. Um, what I'm thinking for next year, I'm not trying to cut you off right now. No, you're good. But next year with the IRA, we have all those people trying to pull in for that championship. Mm-hmm. One thing that it's definitely going to be in play is consistency. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go back to, to 2016 or 2017 when Jeremy won. 2016. 2016. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I should know that, but I, think, <laughs> I, think, I don't think he had. I think he had maybe a one win, but he was just so consistent. Yeah. That he took it. Yeah. Exactly. And that's it's definitely in play if you are consistent enough, you mm-hmm. could get it. What's well, so being consistent, not have any wins? If if we're looking at just consistency with the IRA drivers, you're looking at eight, nine, ten yeah. of them mm-hmm. yeah. that all could take a podium or a win any night now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, when we were talking about Sean earlier, and again, we're going to talk to him in a little bit here, but he's his he had a run of consistency last year where he was finishing 11th, 10th, or 12th, like, every night for the whole season. And then with how much he's improved in the offseason and towards the end of last year with stuff we found out about the motor and stuff, those 10th and 11th are going to turn into 5th, 6th, 7th, yeah. somewhere in there. So if you get, again, a guy that finishes in the top five every single week and can compete with those top guys, it's going to be, mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, like you said, eight or nine guys that are all there and can yeah. win any night. In that's, the perspective of a fan, that's really good to see just yeah. being consistent and like, hey, you're learning. Like, I know Sean's new to the game yet. Mm-hmm. I find it so interesting on how he's picking it up and how you can start seeing consistencies mm. and how he's starting to finish up. Hi. Exactly. I find it interesting. Another guy to watch for is Jack Routson. He found oh, something yeah. late last year. He yes, found he something. He made a dash at Cedar Lake. Yeah. Against that field at Cedar yeah. Lake, where there was Brooke Tatnell, uh, Justin Henderson, yeah. all, he made a dash, and that was really, really impressive. He had a lot of motor issues last year. I know you, you know, watched Jack Routes and back when he was in midgets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I think that's going to be really, really cool. But moving on, we talk about the IRA so much here. <laughs> might as well just be the IRA podcast. Well, before I move on from IRA, I think we have to pay a little bit of attention and give him some love. Danny Schleifer. Yes. 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 This guy. He looks like he's gearing up to do something big. Yeah. I think he is. Shout I, out to I, Danny. I got a tie from him for Christmas for he, Christmas. There you <laughs> Thank you, Danny. We've all seen his stuff for sale. He's He cleared house. Yeah. I mean, most of it is probably due to the uh, color scheme change. He's leaving the red, so a lot of stuff has, has yeah, to go. I even did. But he's going to have a lot of brand new quality equipment, so I would watch out for that. Yeah, and he showed a lot of speed last year, too. He, oh, yeah. What did he start? Um, did he start on the pin of that Cedar Lake race? Yeah, he, he led a bunch yeah, of laps. He led a bunch of laps. Yeah, there. so I think, again, he that's another guy. He second before he jumped the, the cushion. Yeah, he jumped, he jumped the cushion. Three and four. Yeah. The, Other than that, he would have been... Starting pretty high in that yeah. future lineup. Again, him and Russell Borland and yeah. Sean and all those guys, it's like when those guys are on it, they're, yeah, they're un- almost unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And it's it's mm-hmm. it's so cool to watch when Danny Schlafer is on it. Like, you know, I grew yeah, up you watching can tell him. when they're in the zone. Grew up watching yeah. him in the MSA and everything like that. And when he is in the zone, nobody can it's touch him. It's always nice to see the Schlafer name at the track. You know, oh yeah, always, oh yeah. You see him roll into it with that really beautiful hauler. T- <laughs> that is actually beautiful. for sale too. That was up for sale it's this beautiful. morning. Was it really? Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Aww. That's that hauler has been around forever. It's yeah. a beautiful hauler, but when that's like the equivalent of the hauler. That Crete's hauler being sold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lance hauler getting yeah. sold. Yeah, um, it's kind of the equivalent. But now posse news: Carrie Madsen, Madsen, <laughs> <laughs> got booted from the. Uh, uh, Killer Instinct Crossbows, uh, yeah. Big Game Tree Stands, number 2M. That's the Todd Keering ride, um, which is obviously Dave Gravel's next year. But he's going posse racing in the number 24 car that Lucas Wolf ran this yeah. past season. I don't know about posse person. You can change seats. <laughs> <laughs> We're pressing everybody. That's person in the hot seat I right think uh, Jason Schilling said you're going to be the 2029 20, IRA champ. Me? Yes. 2029. So, already. You have a nine-year goal. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Nine years, nine years uh, <laughs> ahead, uh, Preston is going to win the IRA championship. Um, but, uh, yeah, so Kerry Madsen going to the posse, that's obviously a big threat now in yes. any, in any uh, he, Williams Grove. Madman goes yeah. his way around half miles. Yep. Yes, he does. I've always wanted to see him run Dodge County or Antigo or something. Oh, like that, that would be fun. I feel like he would just wreck house. Like, he would just... Turn into a Rico flipping and coming back to win. Yeah, exactly. That was a good race. That was an amazing race. That was a good race. I still still have, like, flashbacks to watching him cross over. I think it was Jeremy and Scotty Neitzel coming out of turn number four, and he just banged off the cushion, went literally sideways down the front stretch, and then, like, zigzagged out and still hit the cushion coming into turn one. It was one of the greatest moves I've ever seen on a racetrack. But... Kerry Um, he's obviously, you know, he's got winning potential. I don't think he, or he won a 360 Nationals race this past season, but I don't think he won an all-star outlaw feature. He came close a couple times. He came close at Plymouth. Yeah, he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. against yeah. Kyle Larson. Um, so, you know, again, obviously, there's a lot of people that could say if Kyle Larson wasn't there this year, they would have won a race. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> But Carrie Madsen's definitely one of those people. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's that's good for Carrie. I think it kind of – he's been on the road a lot recently. I don't think – I mean, he probably doesn't want to admit that he's getting older, but I think he is. And I think a, a smaller time deal is probably going to be good for him to kind of get his wheels back underneath him a little bit because he's – He's kind of had a reputation recently of being a guy who kind of flies off the wall a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be 
I think it'll be good for him. Have we heard if he's going to Australia? Um, this year at all? I don't. Because I no. really enjoyed last year watching him and McFadden. Oh yeah. yeah, week after week. That Speaking was of James McFadden, that's a great transition. Um, James McFadden and Brock Zierfoss went down to yes. race to Perth. at Perth. Yeah, Perth last Perth. night, and uh, I think. Brock. James finished second, and Brock was third, third yeah, yep. right, yeah. which is really impressive. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Brock's gone down there before. I would assume he has. I think um, so. But that's still really impressive. Uh, yeah. And then who won? Callum Williamson, Callum right? Yeah. Callum Williamson out of um, that Avalon car. Okay. Yep. Why does every car in Australia look so good? They all look really, they all look really, really we good. We talk about Their this designers all the time. are on point, though. They, they are. Yeah. They we so good. talk about this all the time is Blackbeard doesn't miss. No, no, um, no. <laughs> don't miss. Um, Bullseye every time. Oh my gosh, those cars just look amazing. And of course, obviously, they kind of bringing those designs up here now. I think yeah. the KCP car is a Blackbeard design, um, and then there's obviously a couple more. Um, I think Chase Stockins Ford Ten is a Blackbeard design yeah. as well. I yep. believe in the John Deere the, car. A lot of the Chili Bowl entries. Yeah, a lot of RMS, RMS, RMSs. Yeah, they're all yeah. Yeah. Yep. So um, we're going to get to the Chili Bowl here in a little bit. Obviously, there was some big news this past week. Um, World of Outlaws are going to Bristol on dirt. We all kind of anticipated that, but we were all kind of like, No, from the time we did the last announced? podcast to, to this one, they revealed that they were going to do this national event, the Bristol Dirt Nationals. Oh, yeah. And they announced uh, it and sold out pretty much all the entries for their... Yeah. Uh, race before the Cup Series race, mm-hmm. and that's the super late model race with the, let's see, the six o or the modified sport mod stock car six o two and six o four late models, uh, bang bangers, and open modifieds. <laughs> bang bangers. <laughs> Hornets. Hornets. Four cylinders, <laughs> which uh, we all have. I think maybe mixed feelings about, or maybe we're all in the same same point of view here. I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts about four cylinders racing, racing at Bristol? Bristol? I love the four cylinders, but they're also yeah, my class. Yeah, Maddie's not the best person to ask about no, four cylinders. Four cylinder drivers at Adagamia are some of the nicest, most dedicated people to the sport. Mm-hmm. No, hands down, Adagamia four cylinders are the drivers you would yes. want to meet and yes. to get to know. We have a, a wonderful group chat, and yeah. I've gotten to know all of them very, very well. And Absolutely. I, I think our four cylinders are pretty great. You know, you, you got to race with the budget you have. Right. You exactly. Know, if that's what your, all your budget allows, yeah. go out there and have the time of your life. Yep. And it's a very family friendly class. Like, people bring their kids, and they have oh, this, yeah. like, yeah. family night there. They've brought me into their family pictures and mm. hanging out with their trophies at the end of the night. Just hanging sure. out. They're wonderful people. Yeah, mm. Shout out to everybody. We did a kids giveaway with all of our four-cylinder drivers. Oh, so great. I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Yeah. Um, because it's always good. I'm, I like that opinion, and I completely agree with it. Uh, the yeah. only thing that I see when it comes to four-cylinders is we have this conversation with trevor frank all the time um but (laughs) it's when it's when guys start sending spending like 10 grand on a four-cylinder that's when in my opinion it becomes a problem but that's not that's not what we're talking about here it's the fact that they're racing on bristol um the one thing that i see is like with the smaller budget categories and obviously i don't think those are the guys that are going to go race at bristol it gives them an amazing opportunity i think it, it gives them anyone amazing. can sign up for it they don't the show. Exactly. right anybody can sign up for it and i know there's some wisconsin teams i think yeah, uh, a bunch, a bunch are going 
Was his yeah, Cody heard... Schneider? What's his? Last yeah, they're name? not taking any like credentials. It's whoever signed no. up first exactly. gets it. Yeah. Which I think that opens it up to some. Uh, it could be yeah. dangerous. It could be dangerous. That's, that's, that's what we're worried about is safety, and it's like yeah. I don't yeah. think a lot of those cars are maybe up to the standards that no, of to to uh, a speeders. giant exactly. half mile like that, like yeah. super high bank. Yeah. Like, and I know people are like, "Oh, they're just four cylinders. They're not that fast. They're still. It's they're gonna hit a hundred and some miles. It's a half mile. On a high bank. Exactly. Yeah. I mean the, the the asphalt track is like thirty degrees yep. of banking, but the dirt will probably be about twenty five. I'm gonna think, yeah. and just still like that's yeah. good. That's They're gonna lot. be cracking a hundred miles an hour, and I mean, they do have safety barrier or safer barriers there, but still, that's, that's gonna hit hard. The yeah, world of all think fan safety. Bristol yeah. will not sell you a, a ticket below the bottom yeah. 40 rows. Yes. Yep. Because they're, yeah. And there's some serious speed there when sprint there cars is. come, come yeah. to town. The sprint car lap Literally. record is still the official Sandy track Swindell. record at yeah. Bristol, yeah. That was a blistering fast yeah. lap. And it's going to be even faster. I think yeah. it was an average of about 100. We looked it up. 140 uh, miles an hour. Jeez. Yeah. Which is about what they're clocking at Eldora now. And now. I hope they didn't remove their safer barrier walls when they put that dirt in. Oh, God, they, I, they, I don't they, think they will. I don't will. think so. I, I hope think not. From when I saw the video. Okay. Because again, of course, it that's is. our. You know, it's really cool that dirt's coming back to Bristol and everything. But I think with the advances that sprint car safety's made in the past so years, they yeah, haven't made a lot, the but they've made years. really important, like the Halo. I know mm-hmm. we talk about yeah, the Halo and in, in yeah Barry bars. Yeah. We talk about Halo and F one, but there's a Halo for sprint cars as well. Um, that are not mandatory, but a lot of chassis builders just put it in yes. anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously, there's different chassis have different safety features, but obviously Hans devices are pretty much mandatory now. Yeah. I don't think anybody would ever go out with something that's not a Hans device unless you race. Um, <laughs> horse owners. Horse owners. <laughs> well, well, they go out with the, the horse colors. That's, that's, the is. That, that's, that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. That's what I'm really worried about is the, the foam neck, ba- neck bracelets. Neck bracelets. And I hope to God... That whoever's sanctioning this stuff, I don't know who it is, if it's just Bristol or if it's World Racing Group or whatever it is, they need to mandate Hans devices. Because if you send somebody out there in a neck foam thing, like, I get that some people can't necessarily afford a Hans device, but if you're going to go, if you're going to drive all the way down to Bristol, you can spend 200, 300, whatever it is, 300 300 bucks on a Hans device. Like, yeah. If they should mandate it, and if they don't, they're asking for somebody to get really, get really, really, hurt. really hurt. Safety, so. their safety, their competitors' safety, and fan safety needs to be on the forefront of whatever mm-hmm. they do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So it's again, no, it's no fun when anybody gets hurt. No, it's not yeah, good. and especially with the sprint cars there, because again, they're going to be ungodly fast. And I don't think oh, yeah. people, I don't think enough people have gone back on YouTube and watched the video from that 2001 race yep. because it's insane. Mm-hmm. And think the only thing that sprint cars have done since then is get faster. Yeah. So it's oh man, it's gonna be crazy. But I'm yeah, so, also so so excited because the racing was epic. Yes. Like, I don't remember who I don't remember who Sammy was racing with for the win. It I don't think it was a guy that really won a whole lot back in the day. But it was like just. Every corner there was a yeah, massive slider. Yeah. Like, just incredible. But, and of course, the, there's going to be a lot of complaints about, oh, the surface is bad or whatever. It's, they put dirt on an asphalt track, what do you expect? Yeah. Um, it's just a cool deal. I think it's going to be great. Um, I think the track, I think the track will be fine. And I know they, at the Charlotte dirt track, they, 
did chemical testing and stuff on the dirt to improve their track for next year. Yeah, for next year. And I think they'll kind of take a look at what they did at Charlotte. Because, I mean, Bristol and Charlotte are owned by the same people. You'd think that they would transfer some knowledge between the the tracks just to get the right dirt surface on it to provide the best racing and the best visibility for fans and drivers. (laughs) As long as it's better than Charlotte, I really don't care. Yeah. (laughs) That was so bad. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't turn out like Nashville did last year in the World of Outlaws there that it slicks off so bad. I thought that yeah. was a cool race. It was an amazing lie. race. I really wish that they did that. It was, yeah. I love watching qualifying. Like I'll go back every yeah. so often and watch qualifying. <laughs> I just that they'll just basical. they'll just like slam up right against the wall. The whole car will jump and they'll go. I think that's, <laughs> that's so so cool. It's like a motocross track. Uh, Jared Berber would have done really well there. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, that race we were at at Kokomo. Sheldon was doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, oh, dash. Dash. Off turn two. Yeah, every dash. single that oh, right dash. rear would, right would slam that cushion off of two and he'd yeah. straighten out and just oh, yeah. pull away. I'm still not over the dash on a whole nother topic in Coke. Didn't he dump Dominic Selzy like three laps oh, before did. that? Yes, yeah. he did. Yeah. <laughs> completely dumped him. A dash had everything, man. That was so but cool. That pass for the dash win. It's unbelievable. On the last lap. Oh, that crossover. Golden. I can watch that a hundred times over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I remember amazing. the reaction of the crowd. Like, that we place were, was it was crazy. It was the same one when Baylog and Tony Stewart at Plymouth. Yeah. They were so close yeah, at the like, end there. Was everybody was standing. Everybody screaming. was screaming. Yeah, that, standing. Everybody was screaming and standing like the Packers just won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Cool. So, that place was rocking. Reminds yeah. me of uh, qualifying at Fairbury when Kyle Strickler broke the track record. Yeah, you and I were there. I've yeah, never cool. seen so many people jump up and scream. Scream for qualifying, like it was, it was. It was a good qualifying session, but then Kyle Strickler just went out there, and of course, for those of you who don't know, he's kind of new to late models, and he just went out there and blitzed the track record by like two tenths of a second. Yeah, and it was just, and it was everybody jumped up and was screaming. I was like, oh my god! I remember correctly. Didn't a couple guys before him break the track yes. record? And he just went yeah. out there and just, and just poured apart. Just absolutely demolished it and that track was the best dirt track i've ever seen in my entire life in terms of track state yep. like just um, i sound like i racing now i said yep. track state <laughs> but in terms of just the surface was amazing it was we walked down the track afterwards and yeah it was, we our shoes were like still kind of sticking to the track wow. yeah like you just walked in like uh some honey and you're walking down oh, across exactly. the tile floor. Mm-hmm. that's how it sounded like you know yeah it was really cool but now we're getting into a little bit of a special segment here. We're going to do this, and then we're going to get into our interviews a little bit later on. We're going to start off with Sean, obviously, but we're going to get into some state of the sport. Um, so this is kind of something that kind of came up with here in the past few days. Um, just kind of talking really quick hits about each kind of level of motorsports. Uh, first one, I think we'll start off with dirt, actually, because we've got you guys here. Um, and... In my opinion, I think this was the biggest year in dirt track racing history in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I have to give a lot of credit to everybody who runs these series, all the team members for being... Yes. Yeah. For for being as flexible as possible. When one place was shut down, scramble, you find another one, might be out of state, but here we go. Yeah. Within a a week's time, they could set this stuff up. Yep. If you would have told the IRA they were going to race in South Dakota this year, I think they would have... Yeah. They would have slapped you in the face. Yeah. (laughs) But they did. They raced there twice. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So I, hats off, especially to Steve Sinclair. Yeah. Um, I think we all need to appreciate Steve a little bit more. Um, you know, I think people appreciate him a lot already. But I think yeah. there, it cannot be said enough for how much Steve does for racing in Wisconsin. 
um, working around, especially this year with how long the All-Stars, the Outlaws, and everything else hung around the Midwest and made it actually impossible for the IRA to get races in. And the fact that we still got, how many races did the IRA get this year? 20? Wow. Yeah, something around there. Something around 20. Um, and they still did their points fund and everything, mm-hmm. yeah. and it was all pretty much normal. Yeah. Um, is unbelievable. And they did as many doubleheaders as they could. Um, obviously, they tagged on with the All-Stars for another race at Wilmot. And this year, bringing the All-Stars back for a four-day swing yeah. with the IRA and... That's incredible. That's yeah. amazing. I didn't, you know, in wildest dreams, you don't think about stuff like that. Like that's that's our kind of our pipe dream for the whole it's, sprint week thing. Yeah, it's really close. Going going from last year, went from nothing. Now twenty twenty one, you kind of have a sprint week with the four yeah. four races in a row at the All Stars. Two of them, I think, are probably going to be with MSA. Okay, twenty three yeah. races. The IRA did twenty three on their this past season. Okay. Wow. So that's twenty three scheduled races, yes. right? So. That's insane. That's well, awesome. Hopefully, we're able to build off this all-star four-race swing mm-hmm. and, to, and to add it a little more, maybe take a couple days off and let's hit another three-day weekend in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yes. You know, seven seven races in nine days. Yeah, you know, something like that. Take a, take a like, uh, Monday and Tuesday off. Was it Ohio Speed Week that does that, too? Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. Breaks. Those lines? yeah. Yeah. With the MSA, with Badger Midgets, and that with be, the Wisconsin Wingless. Yeah. It's that simple, people. Involved. That's, let's do it. <laughs> Make it sound so easy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, this state of the sport, where is dirt track racing at? Um, and just in the grand scheme of racing, where do you think dirt track racing is at? And what do you think can get better and all that stuff? Well, for me, dirt track racing is most pop, is as popular as it's been in 20 years. After this 2020 season, yeah. the you know as I bad agree. as COVID has been for some families and some people, really it this COVID put the biggest spotlight we could ask for on the spring car race. Yes, yeah. we are you know we are everybody's eyes. Everybody's eyes are on us. I should say. Yeah, I think it's Kyle Larson helped. Yeah, Kyle and, Larson <laughs> helped. <laughs> you know. Bill Baylog helped in Wisconsin going on a 10-race win streak. Yep. Yep. Flo helped because now people who oh. were in their, in, their, in their states that are locked down, they can turn on Flo and they, wow, exactly. look at all these races we can watch. I, uh, I still felt part of it. Yeah, and I one of the Christmas gifts I got for a family member this year was a Flo Racing subscription because yeah. it's it's so easy, for one thing, to work with. Yep. And it's Flo especially brings so much racing to the table. And the fact, Flo Racing 24-7 gets overlooked a ton. Because, like, if I'm here just working on podcast stuff for not this past week because I didn't do anything. Um, Will did everything this week. Thank you, Will. Um, But if I'm working on a website or, you know, editing something on my computer, I always have Flow 24-7 in the background. Always. 100% of the time. So I think it's it's a big, big deal. And it just – it brings – it makes racing accessible for everyone. You know, if your state was locked down this year, turn on Flow or Dirt Vision or whatever you have. Um, and well, we did. Yeah. We state. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just raced. <laughs> um, but uh, I think I think it was a really big year. First professional first professional sporting event after uh, Flow was that race in Park Jefferson. If yeah. you want to call it professional. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Richard Pevy wouldn't say it's professional, but they got paid to race there. So, um, but yeah, first big thing after COVID was a dirt track race. Yeah. And we'll get into this here. If you guys had to give a letter grade to dirt track racing as a whole, 
As a whole. As a whole, for 2020, what would you give it? C+. Plus. C+. Plus. A C+. Plus. Why would you give it a C+. Plus? I want to know this. I know I have my answer in my head right now, and I'll give my reason so, too, but... I'm going to go in the direction of where I focus a lot of my efforts on the Wisconsin Spring Car Updates page. Uh, exposing your sponsors. You know, this was the year that teams and drivers really needed to put out there and show out for their sponsors. Mm-hmm. You know, sponsors weren't going into these small... Rest, or the sponsors, you know, own these small restaurants and bars yeah. and grills. Yep. They're not getting business. No. I think as a whole, and I'm not naming any series in particular, I'm saying as a whole, drivers, team owners need to step up their sponsorship exposure. I think that's just Making a, make a much better value-added service. I mean, they're giving you money. Like, now they need our help. Money or products. It doesn't matter what value yeah, exactly. what value they're getting yeah. or they're giving you. But I, I think that's a, that is a problem overall in the dirt racing community. I know NASCAR does a phenomenal job for their sponsors, and Formula One really gives a Formula lot Formula One is the best by them. Mm-hmm. Miles and miles. They pay for it yeah. too, mm-hmm. but I I would li- I would give uh, in my answer for the letter grade for dirt track racing. I'd have to give it like a B plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, my only reasoning for that is, <laughs> um, I mean, I like the idea that Gary kind of threw out there, but also, I also wanted I would give them similar grade to Gary, but I liked how the tenacity and like how short term everyone. <laughs> had to get to a race and the just the scheduling yeah. point of it their flexibility and, I, and being nimble and i mm-hmm. i also like uh how flow racing really stepped up and kind of is trying to uniform all the races online for people who can't be there in person and their commitments to the ira and the all-stars and usac i think that's a really good thing but also um i don't think that dirt racing in in general is being promoted as good as it should be yeah. i think that there's definitely some more opportunities to grow. Um, I don't really can't name any off the top of my head right, right. now because it's right. so hard to do. But yeah, that's so that's I'm kind of what my B plus. Opposite of where you guys want. You're gonna give it an A plus. No, I'm giving it an A. Okay. Not an A plus because I'm the one thing that I will complain about is that it wasn't promoted as much as it should be. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's never gonna be mainstream, right. but it could have been done a lot better this year especially just with COVID and everything when Mm -hmm. the spotlight was on dirt track racing they capitalized on it a little bit like you could have done all these really really big events that they had later in the year with how flexible the schedule was I don't understand why they didn't move those races earlier in the season like when they had those big couple races at Cedar Lake when COVID was there it was was cool but it really wasn't that much money like I think it was what ten grand to win, which is a lot, which is a good Maybe chunk of money. 20. I don't really think it's all about the money. Necessarily I know, but the, either. but when you're on TV and stuff like that, and they see all these people that are that follow NASCAR and follow the big races, they know how much money yeah. goes into NASCAR, and they know what you know you kind of get to. They win don't know how much race. you win for NASCAR anymore. They stop publishing. Yeah, the, wow, right. The but purses. they have a, they have an idea. But when when they go to a dirt when they turn it turn on the dirt track race on CBS and they hear it's five thousand to win, they're like. Oh, that's that's, not, that's no. not a lot of money. So I don't understand why they didn't move some of those bigger races. I know that maybe some states hadn't opened yet and there's some logistics there, but I still feel like that could have been capitalized on a little bit better when the spotlight was 
right on dirt track racing. Yeah. The one thing, the reason that I gave it an A, and I think one thing that you guys overlooked, was the dirt iRacing scene this year. That brought in a ton of new eyes onto dirt track racing. I, I have another point that you don't have as well, but keep going. So it, it, when COVID came and whatever, when all of these series started doing iRacing <laughs> stuff, we're going to switch through again. Hey, man. Uh, when all these races series started doing iRacing, obviously Formula One did their stuff with their Formula One game, and then IndyCar did iRacing stuff, IMSA did iRacing stuff. Mm-hmm. When Dirt Track did iRacing stuff, they had more real-world Dirt Track drivers than any other series had of their like real-world stuff. Yep. Like F1 only had, what, like four or five real-world drivers that actually... Participated. And they tried. They tried to get one per team, kind of like a pro am kind of thing, but it just wasn't kinda, even close. It kind of, yeah. it kind of flopped. Yeah, and then IndyCar had a lot of real world drivers, but they had to draw from other uh, disciplines, like right. Dale Earnhardt Scott Jr. was in there. Yeah, I mean now, now he's now he's now he's an IndyCar Indy car. But he was V8 Supercars at the time. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson was yeah. in there. I mean, he kind of turned IndyCar as well. But dirt track racing, for the most part, yeah, you had a couple of their iRacing guys that they brought up to race with the real world. But, I mean, you had pretty much the World of Outlaws field yeah. on iRacing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, for dirt track racing fans, was huge. And it was broadcast yeah. on, like, CBS, wasn't it? Yes. Something yeah. like something And like Fox that. Sports 1. And Fox Sports See, 1. So we were out there so it was, TV. That's, mm-hmm. that's where I really think people saw that, and they were like, if this is this cool on iRacing... This has got to be even cooler in real life. And I think that's one of the huge reasons why this was one of the biggest years for dirt track. I actually have, like, a counter-argument kind of to that. I think that, like, maybe they didn't get the exposure in the COVID lockdown that maybe they got before they went racing in Knoxville in May. But I think just the the name recognition and the star star power uh, to Mm kind of elevate that even further just isn't there with dirt track racing. I mean, everyone in this room right now is in the know so we know who donnie shots is and he's like, I feel like the, kyle larson kind of fixed that a little bit i, I don't i don't really know because i mean if you go ask like a nascar fan i mean like okay how like kyle larson what they're gonna say oh he raced the 42 target car yeah but even yeah. they haven't been with them you know right uh, but i mean yeah the name recognition and i think even like with a and local again, series here like bill Baylog is only the real i think he's the the biggest star around here. I think there needs to be more rivalries promoted and just more star power being promoted mm-hmm. in general. And, and again, that's on the, that's where it falls on the series. And that's one, again, that's one of the reasons why I'm not giving it an A plus perfect score because there could, there's always things that you can improve and no season's ever going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. But I think just with considering what happened this year with COVID and everything, I think this is a, it was a big year for dirt track racing. And I think yeah. they did about just as good as they could have, but you know, I don't know. I would have written it in A as well. Yeah. But just, I thought we did a really good job with being successful in a in a time that we were like, okay, this isn't going to work, this isn't going to work. And we had people that said, this is going to work. Mm-hmm. We are going to make this happen. And that's what I thought. We had some we had some dedicated people to the sport this year. Yeah. And that's oh, yeah. what I thought. Those that's people, why I would rate it in yeah. A. People make, people make the wheels turn. I think it's I think that's a big big deal. And again, thank you to everybody in the dirt track racing scene and racing just everywhere for making this stuff work. We're gonna jump now to Will and I. I think are gonna run these couple ones down unless you guys have stuff to throw in about NASCAR. Um, but we're gonna go to NASCAR next. Um, state of the sport in NASCAR. 
Uh, good. I, I think it really ended off on a high note. I think the perfect way to cap off this year uh, is Chase Elliott being champion. He's gonna yeah. he's going to be the he's gonna be Dale Jr. pretty much for NASCAR yeah, in the coming so. years. NASCAR needed he's, that shot in the arm. He's gonna he I mean Dale Jr. unfortunately he had a few good runs at a championship, but for Chase done. Elliott being the most popular driver the past few years, I think eighteen and nineteen, mm-hmm. he was the most popular driver. Yep. Um but as for this year, he's still the most popular driver, but he was the champion. The and last going into I, next year, he's going to be the champion. He's always going to be. He's going to have a championship under his belt until he's uh, no longer the most took, popular driver, which yeah. I think he's going to be the most yeah, popular driver until while. he retires. He took yeah. the box that Dale Jr. never could, basically. Yeah. And yeah. that shot. You know, it's funny that you said shot in the arm. I was thinking of a different kind of shot. The picture <laughs> of Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson. Oh, next sure. to each other on the track. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was I'm I haven't been the biggest NASCAR fan. But that I was, was cool watching moment, that race man. live. That gave me chills. Yeah. That was a cool moment. Because that's again, it's what we're talking a about. Kind of a changing of the guard kind of yes. thing with Jimmy yeah. Johnson yeah. leaving. There's plenty of Jimmy Johnson fans out there that hated him back in the mm-hmm. mid to late two thousands yeah. that are now Jimmy Johnson fans and they're just they don't really know what to do, but <laughs> now they have this this guy in Chase Elliott that won a championship and has the potential. I mean, he's he's won a championship at a younger age than Jimmy Johnson ever did by like three or four years. So I mean, he has all this time, and you know he's going to stick around for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that part of it that outweighs the negatives of what the playoffs kind of did to NASCAR this year. And I just kind of look at the time here before we reset. Yep. But yeah, I think NASCAR. They're at a, they're at an A for effort, but a B, but like a B for total results because mm-hmm. they did what they could. I, they still got all thirty six races in, which is amazing. I mean, they Unreal. did three races one week, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think the That's B a for results itself. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't like some of the the stuff that they were doing. I mean, I they were limited in where they could go with COVID restrictions. I mean, yeah. they couldn't go to California or out west. They never really ventured even west of the Mississippi at all. Mm-hmm. But they didn't add a race at Road America, so it's a B for me. Oh, they did. I know. <laughs> well, but now I, they did for another. Next year, but... <laughs> and the reason I rated uh, a B just kind of the playoffs. They were yeah, an awful this year, even though it ended up with Elliott being the championship. But it kind of Kevin the Harvick other way, not making the championship. The other way, it. they they're looking to improve their product so much, mm-hmm. and next year especially, they're changing up almost everything and then 2022 with their next gen car that they've been testing and i have which looks high and hopes sounds for that. awesome yeah it, it does sound, sound good it sounds really good that diffuser is but why don't we plug in an ad break here yes and we will get back to it in a little bit all right thank you for sticking with us through that ad break um oh my that was your, a your voice crack. immediate <laughs> voice crack um but next couple things here Obviously, we just talked about dirt and NASCAR state of the sport. We're going to go into IndyCar and F1. And no apologies to you guys. This is a little bit more minor wheels thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, first of all, IndyCar. Um, for me, IndyCar did a good job this year um, in terms of getting races in. Um, I know our big debate all the time is ovals versus road courses. Um, I like road courses more. Will likes ovals, but we kind of just agree to disagree on that all the time. But the one thing you cannot dispute is that IndyCar was the first 
spectator sporting event after COVID, and it happened right here in Wisconsin. Sure does. America. Sure did. And I was there. Yep. We were there. Days. Yeah. And uh, it was... It's it was a great event for one thing, and it was just nice to get back outside. And you know, Road America is so big and wide open. I don't think they had any issues with COVID no. or social distancing. Or and they anything. were they were very good. I they they kind of took the bullet for everyone and kind of set the pace for the rest of yep. the world's events as uh, they handed out masks and hand sanitizer and huge a, bottles of hand sanitizer. Yeah, they were big. Like, like I'm still massive. not done with them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I still have it somewhere. Um, oh. But yeah, they they were really good to everyone that walked in the gate. Uh, Mike Kircher and the gang there really uh, stepped it up in IndyCar. It kind of sucked. You couldn't access the paddock there or anything, and there wasn't any... Like usual, but I mean, it's the way it was. And it was still... But you could still walk right up to the... They didn't have these massive gates like NASCAR yeah. does there all the time. And, and it was still, I, I still brought two guests who have never been. Well, I mean, one of them oh, has yeah. been to an IndyCar yep. race. One of them has never been to a, a race in general. Uh, my friend's fiance, Cassie, shout out to her. She, I doubt she's listening. But she was just really impressed with, like, as a whole, like, they would just tow the cars to the grid. She was like, oh, my God, this is, this is, yeah. this is real. Like, I didn't know, like, what this was all about. And then we sat in turn one right when uh, oh, Will yeah, Power yeah, wadded yeah. them all up. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was an amazing experience uh, in general just to show everyone. And I think they still did a good job even with the restrictions that they dealt with. My fiance Amy, um, who shout out, I don't know if she's watching or, um, oh, Tyler's telling us she's ready. And, of course, Eric Wilkie messaging us. Why? Um, but, uh, no, so my fian- I brought my fiance Amy, first time at Road America, first time in an IndyCar race. She'd been to, obviously, dirt track races, and uh, she'd been to the Milwaukee Mile a couple times for NASCAR. Um, but brought her to Road America. She We went, same spot, turn one. I think Will and your friends were on the inside. We were on the yep. outside. And Amy was recording the start, so she got that whole deal with Hunter Ray and Power and Graham Rahal all on camera, and we were sitting next to Bobby Rahal. Uh, so when Graham got booted off on lap one by Will Power, Bobby was not happy. Uh, but it was funny to watch, and Amy had a really good time. And then after that, we went down and sat in turn 12, and when that last lap, what was it, last five laps or whatever, when Rosenquist chased down Pato Award for the win. Yeah, it was Amy amazing. Amy was freaking out. Like, I've never seen her that excited for a race, maybe besides when you won uh, <laughs> last, last night of the year. Genuinely, when you won the last night of the year, she was freaking out. But uh, it was so, so cool. And Road America, I love that place with all my heart, and I'm so happy they're getting a NASCAR race. But yes. we're, talk- yes. we're here to talk about IndyCar. I think they did a really good job, especially being that first spectator race, realizing that Road America could host a lot of people, yeah. host a lot of fans. I think that they jumped on that opportunity really quick, and I think mm-hmm. with how quickly they got everything in order, and they still, at the end of the season, were canceling and rescheduling and canceling and rescheduling all their races. They still made it happen. They still yeah. had a full championship, um, and a good championship, actually. Um I think they did a really good job. And obviously with their schedule next year, they're going back more so to road courses. But I'm kind of going to knock that off of their grade. Yeah, I know. You're going to knock think, that off. Well, I mean, their their pinnacle, their event that they base everything off of, the Indianapolis 500, is an oval event, you know? And, the, I mean, if they... Here we go. They're kind of promoting <laughs> that product, that oval product to everyone, and everyone thinks of IndyCar, they think of that race. But every other race of the year, but... besides two of them or three of them, yeah. are on a road course. I my issue with ovals 
And don't get is, me wrong, I love road course racing, and I've found a new respect for it, and found myself getting involved with it a little more this year. I still mm-hmm. think IndyCar is should be like a half oval, half road. My more diverse. Schedule. They are half. Oh no, they're not. They're more. Oval, they're more road courses next year. But my issue with the ovals is, and IndyCar's issue with the ovals is nobody shows up. That's why the Milwaukee Mile's gone. That's why they're not at Iowa anymore. That's why they're not. They're they're. Probably going to be at Texas forever, but that race never draws in a good crowd. No. Never. Um, and whereas on a road course or a street circuit like Long Beach, their two biggest events every year besides the Indianapolis 500 are Road America and Long Beach. They have massive amounts of fans mm-hmm. at Road America and Long Beach. And obviously, the Indy 500 is always going to be their most popular event. Yeah. Always. It will always be just because of how much history it has and how big the facility is, and IMS does a great job. But the, all their other races, they make their money at the road courses. Yep. So why would they add more ovals to the schedule? Until people show up to ovals, they have no reason to go back there. And let's not forget who's joining IndyCar this season. Jimmy Johnson. And he's yeah. bringing massive exposure. And mass, guess who's not running the ovals? Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson. Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is not. And I, I understand the, the danger part of it too. Yeah. I mean, those guys when they hit, they hit hard. Look at uh, who was that? Dalton Kellett or whoever who hit the the retaining Oliver hole. Askew, wasn't it? Yeah. Okay. Oh no no no, Spencer Pickett. Yeah, Spencer, Spencer Pickett. Pickett. He hit the oh. the pit lane wall on yeah. one of the Again, final. Thank God for the Halo yeah, and arrow screen. Yeah. Halo and arrow screen. And right? I get the danger part of the oval. I mean, they they push two hundred and forty miles an hour going into the. First and first and third corners at IMS. It's I understand it completely. I'm just personally disappointed. I think there's plenty of short ovals. I know Worldwide Technology Raceway. Gateway is awesome. Gateway. Gateway. It's a good event. I would like to see them go to like Milwaukee Mile or Loudon or something like that, New Hampshire. Yeah. To kind of get those short medium phoenix why don't they go back to phoenix that's a fantastic track and they're putting was... so much money into yeah. their racetrack right now and trying to get mm-hmm. the whole big city of phoenix behind the racetrack and get them involved and i just think indycar would be i mean traditionally they have ran there too in the past mm-hmm. i think it's it'd be sad. a good uh situation i still think it goes to. i think i still think it goes back to fan being there and what kind of ratings they get for tv because i know indycar relies a lot off of TV ratings yeah, uh, NBC, from NBC yeah. Sports um, and just NBC. The Road America race was on just NBC this yeah. year, which was yeah. so cool. And, uh, you know, that's that's exposure usually only NASCAR and, like, F1 get. Yeah. And F1 doesn't even get that in America. No. They're on ESPN2. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might as well be on ESPN8, the Ocho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as letter grade goes, I'm giving, Indy, I'm giving IndyCar an A for this past year just – because of everything that they had to go through to rearrange their schedule. I think um, they gained a lot of fans this year, too. I think they gained a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, I'll, and I'll, I'll agree with you. I, think I, I would give them I'm a, a, a as well. Yep. And you're going to give them a C because... No, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually going to give them an A. Yeah. I, I thoroughly enjoyed IndyCar. I found myself following it more than... And they added some... Big guns next year. They go, Jimmy Johnson, yeah. Scott McLaughlin. I know some people here don't know who that is, but I mean he's you probably will. the you biggest will, probably. name. In, he's probably the biggest name in V eight supercars in he's Australia. He's probably the biggest race car driver in Australia besides Daniel Ricardo. Daniel Ricardo oh, maybe yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, probably. So yeah. there you go. And you have form F one drivers who Mark are on a rides. Mark Weber, maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, not bad for a number two. I was secretly hoping all year. 
that Kyle Larson would go to IndyCar. I think that would have been nice. Yeah, it I don't think that some interesting things. I don't think that suits his driving style. No, per se. No. but I know. Thought of it though, you know the way NASCAR did him, and he could have won the championship, I, got a super license, and gone to F one. I yeah, I, I think that's too precise of a of a yeah. driving style for yeah. most dirt car and NASCAR yeah. people. He's more of a balls to the wall kind of. It's kind of yeah. you got to throw it in there, and I mean it was my pipe dream. I was I know. Like, please yeah. go. Yeah. And in, and in the open car, the finger and go yes. to IndyCar. And in the open wheel world of uh, road course racing, IndyCar is that balls to the wall kind of mm-hmm. throw it in there style racing. But still, comparatively to NASCAR, it's nowhere near. Nowhere near. Right. It, uh, so I'm glad Larson is going to NASCAR in that thing. But speaking of open wheel racing, F1. Uh, this last one here, and obviously F1, the pinnacle of motorsport, as we like to call it. Um, it's. Their ratings were up this year. I found I found like a rough ratings thing for that secure Grand Prix. It was bigger than the Daytona 500 and bigger than the Indianapolis 500 this year. Because obviously F1 I has worldwide fans. I wouldn't so. have believed the Indy 500 one. I would have. I don't know. I think that one is just huge. Mm-hmm. You know, but I believe the Daytona 500 one. Yeah. And even though I mean this seems like three years ago, but Donald Trump was at the Daytona 500. That yeah. drew in a lot of eyes itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And but that secure Grand Prix was. I mean, it was so hyped up because of George Russell and everything coming to, you know, Mercedes, and it was a new track, and blah, blah, blah. It was at night. It was so cool. And and especially be, with it being at night, we could actually watch it here in the yeah. United States because it was at, what, 11 a.m. or something like that? Yeah, I watched um, it at lunch with uh, – I was out at lunch. I tried out the Mineshaft in Oshkosh, and I was like, Oh, nice. Oh, there you go. It was actually on the TV in, in the <laughs> Mineshaft. Yeah. Another thing about dirt track racing is every single time I've gone into Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, they have Mav TV and there's like models on TV. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, it's always like USCS or ASCS. But yes, I think F- I'm giving F1 an A plus, 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 plus for this past season. They, the product, I mean, in the end of the day, no matter what you do, they got, what did they get in? 22 races? This season? Something. Or 17, 17, 17. races. Yeah. And with F1, the circus that they have to bring to every every racetrack, yeah. there's, I know we joke about it all the time. Like the production. There's a reason they don't race twice in one weekend. Yeah. There's a big, and it's just because of how incredibly massive their pit area is, yeah. their garage yeah. area, their, you know, everything is just, it's IndyCar times a million. It's, like, an, it's. I mean, the Grand Prix is normally tr- set aside for the biggest race in that country, mm-hmm. and they definitely make it the biggest race yeah. they can. Yes. And the nice and the great thing is, there's been a few boring F1 seasons. Like you know, 2014 comes to mind. You know, the first year of the hybrid era when Mercedes just dominated. Mercedes dominated this year, but there were five different winners. Yeah, and some surprise season. winners too, like Pierre Gasly. Pierre and- Gasly in. Oh. Sergio Perez was a very popular win. Mm-hmm. Um, George Russell almost got a win there. Yep. Uh, obviously, I think the winners were Lewis Hamilton, Valtteri Bottas, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, and Pierre Gasly. Yeah. So it's five. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that Mercedes just runs away with every race, and they had to work for that title this yeah. year. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the year. Yes. Which, I mean, there's some stuff beyond, behind the scenes because of that. Uh, Lewis Hamilton obviously got COVID there for the for a couple weeks, and obviously yeah. that threw a different wrench into the title as well. Was everybody didn't know, you know, if somebody's out in front of the title by three hundred points, and they all of a sudden they get COVID and miss two weeks, then it, it shakes everything up. So yeah. it was a fantastic year. I think that Monza race and then the Secure Grand Prix where you had the two surprise winners. 
-hmm. that brought in a lot of new eyes to F1. I saw more people on Twitter talking about F1 after Sergio Perez won in Bahrain, the second the second race, the Secure Grand Prix. And I saw dirt track people that I've never seen talk about F1 before on Twitter tweeting about F1. Yep. And to me, that said everything that I needed to know about F1 this year. I think the season was fantastic. Um, they proved about a million times over now that the Halo is the best thing that they could have ever exactly. added with Roman Grosjean's crash. Yeah. Um, the the on-track racing was really, really good. The drama behind the scenes with Silly Season is always amazing. I can't wait to watch Drive to Survive. That's I was just going to bring that up in, in my kind yeah. of rating here. I think F, F1 and Formula 1, they get an A. They get an A. I, don't, I wouldn't say A+, plus, but they definitely get an A in mm-hmm. my book because of Drive to Survive, all the... Stuff that they've done to grow over the past mm-hmm. few years, yeah. Yeah. and just the Liberty Media has done a great job. I think they're the media part part of it and the promoting part of it. Mm-hmm. I think they yeah. they knock it out of the park and they have that global outreach to even get even better. There's so many people that I see on Twitter and Facebook that got into Formula One because of Drive to Survive on Netflix. And yeah. I, I I hope That's a lot great series. show, great show, and I hope a lot of other sports emulate that in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, what is it? Hard knocks mm-hmm. for yeah, football for and yeah. um, all or nothing. I think is yeah. the Amazon show. Um, so it's it's very very similar to that. If you watch Hard Knocks and you're a racing fan, you will absolutely love Drive to Survive. I really kind of hope that. I mean, Nas Energy did it a little bit for Sh- Sheldon Honshield with the Knoxville Nationals with uh, yeah. what is it? Um, oh. For the love of dirt. For the love of dirt. <laughs> I would love to see a Netflix show. Like that, where that would, like yes, drive to survive behind the scenes, yes. all that stuff. But I think that's just about going to do it for a state of the sports segment. Um, obviously, we're going to get into our interviews now and our Gaspers Project hot seat segments. I think we're going to get ready to give old Sean Ray Hall a call. I say old, but he's only like a year older than me, <laughs> which makes me really wonder what I'm doing with my life. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. But I think we'll give Sean a call here. He's going to have Maddie give us her her cellular device. And we'll get Sean on the phone here. Obviously, those of you who don't know, who've been living under a rock and don't know who Sean Rahal is, um, IRA Rookie of the Year in 2020, uh, coming back for a full season next year again with Simple Racing. Um, and we're going to talk to him all about that in his 2020, 2021 plans. He's got a little bit more stuff ironed out. So, mm. here we go. You still recording? Yep. Fantastic. This is all live, people, so. Hopefully he picks up. Hello? Mr. Ray Hall, it's Will Lauren and the rest of the Midwest Auto Sports crew. How are you doing today? How's everyone going? Happy holidays. Happy holidays Hi. to you, too. Yes. Happy holidays, Sean. So, obviously, this is our Gasroots Project Hot Seat segment. This is going to be a very extended Gasroots Project Hot Seat segment. Uh, but Wisconsin-based Gasroots Project is a nonprofit organization working to strengthen and grow grassroots racing. Since 2017, the project has produced several short films and articles in addition to financially assisting racers and tracks through awards and sponsorships. To donate or learn more, visit gasrootsproject.com. And, as usual, I'm going to say it just like always. We're very happy to welcome in Sean Ray Hall back to the Gasroots Project Hot Seat um, how's your holidays, Sean? Uh, where are you at and what you doing? What's the temperature? Yeah. It's 13 here. Uh, I'm in Boston. It's actually about 45. Uh, uh, spending time with my wife's family. So uh, kind of enjoying trying to trying to do as much business stuff as can, as we can. Had to miss the banquet just because, man, you guys are in a hot spot up there. 
and uh, <laughs> we just want to make sure we're uh, healthy for uh, for February. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of stuff going around right now. Not even just COVID, just a lot of a lot of junk in general. Um, but as far as your 2021 season goes, we we just had you on the podcast not too long ago. Um, and I'm sure these guys have some questions for you, but I'll kick it off here. Um, I know we've been talking about it a little bit um, on the side, but any new things um, or kind of just kind of update us on your 2021 plans? Well, I mean, I think right now um, it's safe to say we're, we're confirming. We have all our partners on board for this little bit of extension, but uh, everything's being signed with sponsorships, and those aren't finished yet, but I think we're uh, – we can go ahead and say that we're going to start the start the year uh, with the All Stars uh, run the first four nights with uh, East Bay and Scrivens, and then um, just because it's in Georgia, obviously it's kind of one of those things that some must do. And uh, then we're going to run two nights in um, at Hendry with USCS, and then I'm going to follow that up with continuing a speed week uh, with. Uh, IX Legend Cars, driving for uh, Nick Pistone and Aaron Marthaler um, in Auburndale, which will run the Sunday's practice. I'm going to miss some of the practice and other things, and then we're going to run race four of the five nights there, and then uh, we're going to, in Auburndale Speedway with INAX, and then uh, I'm going to drive up in the RV. We just got to, um, to Georgia to do our first World of Outlaw race at Dixie. Um, and then we're going to f- finish that off at Talladega. That's awesome. And I think you're actually going to have a couple more fans at uh, Dixie Speedway. Is that correct? That is. So Gary and I think Izzy as well are driving mm-hmm. down to come watch you at Dixie. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, but do you guys have any questions for Sean? Oh, do I have a couple? Chatty Maddie has questions. <laughs> Hi, Sean. All right. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, not too bad. Not I, too bad. I have a couple of questions I want. I'd like to bounce off you from Chad yeah. Daddy here if you forgot. <laughs> I haven't. Um, you're going into your your second year of driving a sprint car. What can you give us a couple of pointers or things that you're thinking about that you learned from your rookie year that you are now applying to the 2021 season? Good question. Uh, uh, I mean, I think obviously sophomore year. Uh, you know, see, it's, it's different because of the way we're, we're go we're rolling off the beginning of the year at kind of like we did this year, um, during COVID with the, you know, the open wheel Nats that we ran and the Carl put on at open wheel nationals at Park Jefferson. Um, you know, the Jackson race we went to, which was basically the world finals starting off the year. Um, you know, we were having, we were having motor problems. We were having all kinds of issues, um, I think realistically, you know, you go into your sophomore year knowing who you're up against, knowing what it's going to be like, knowing what you got to face. So obviously, you know, our qualifying efforts weren't too bad at Jackson and stuff like that before we had our engine issues. So things like that are always, always good to have, but also, you know, you know, look at it like, well, you know, we had our Australian option. Unfortunately, it didn't work out with COVID. I uh, see Zierfoss and Linton still got to go down there and um, couldn't make it work with all the stuff that I have going on in motorsports. So, you know, a good thing that I look at is you're at a little bit of a disadvantage going into that because you got, you know, two people went to Australia. You have however many people going to the, uh, the Chile Bowl, but those are 
midget races, you know, and let's face it, the land down under is still a little bit different dirt than America. So, um, one of the big things is, is knowing what you're up against, knowing what to expect when you get there, knowing you're going into war, but just trying to be as fresh as possible, like you would in any other kind of racing, you know, just, just making sure, you know, as you know, just kind of being sharp. I'm, I've been in the gym a lot. I've been spending a lot of time reviewing video, um, trying to do research on Scrivens, which isn't a sprint car track by nature. Um, and kind of just trying to go over all that and have all that fresh in your head. And, um, I think also knowing that our all-star, um, races and our world of outlaw races, even though we might be moving up a level in regards to how the racing organizations see it, that we've, uh, we've raced against these guys at this point, you know? It's not like, you know, it's going to be my first time that Ian Madsen's there, Tyler Courtney, you know, you know, yet last year, I think, you know, I had that kind of those big eyes when you're, you know, you're parked by Hunter Schuenberg or, you know, like you're, you're meeting all these guys that have been doing what I'm now getting to the point to do professionally for a long time. Now I know these guys and now it's a little bit more comfortable walking in the pits and, you know, you're kind of going to work instead of going to learn. So I think that's a big advantage. And I think also, um, we, one thing we learned in our freshman year that, you know, as Randy getting back in the 410 game, me being new to the 410 game is, uh, there's a lot of technology we were lacking in regards to how far those cars have came and the little things that maybe you look at five years ago and be like, oh, that doesn't accumulate to anything. But then you start adding it up and start to say, hey, that, that little bit there and that little bit here and then this little bit makes two tenths. And if you qualify two tenths off the pole, you're 25th instead of second or third. So it's a lot of those things that we've learned and we put in a lot of work on the off season and we're showing up, you know, at the all stars in the world outlaw races. And it's not the championship we're running for. We're going for the IRA championship, right? So we're just going to go there and let it rip and and give it all we got and, you know, go fast, take chances and and hopefully uh, have some success. Yeah, definitely. And you said that you had a couple of questions, Gary, too, maybe. Um, I can probably think of one, sure. <laughs> hey, Sean, this is Gary. Uh, What's up, Gary? <laughs> let's see here. First, I got another one fired up and ready to go. Have you, have you added any sponsors to your 2021 Arsenal yet that you can share with anybody? Um, one, the big one's going to be announced in the next couple weeks. Oh, cool. Um, there's uh, there's a lot of things kind of changing, if that makes sense. So we got all our partners that were there this year will remain on board. Um, but obviously, Star Pharmaceuticals, that was an ad. Um, Able Roofing um, will now be Able Roofing and Able Acres. Um, so that's a big deal. Uh, I guess they're, you know, they got multiple companies there, so we're adding that. Um, the big sponsor I can't announce yet. It will announce probably a week before we roll off. But um, Z Max will be on board with us. Um, and quality freight rate as well are the two new ones that are notable uh, or noticeable mentions. And uh, we're just going to we we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes uh, with building this program. And then also with um, with doing some other things to build, you know, uh, let's say build the simple racing team. And uh, with that, you know, it's a lot of work. We got a new engine builder this year. We're all on, you know, with Jamie Moyle and Moyle Racing Engines. So uh, I consider them a partner, obviously, because they're putting the horsepower under a hood. And then obviously Z Max Oils 
you know, that's yeah. making sure the horsepower is usable. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Um, does anybody else have anything? What was no. your favorite track, you Running with the Iron oh, yeah. this year? And this could be a favorite track based on, I just really liked Turn 3 and 4. Or it could be your favorite track because you went improved swimming. the most or you went swimming in. <laughs> well, what was your, your favorite track and why? Favorite track was, I mean, I like 141 in general, and I'm really hoping the All-Stars go there. Uh, I know it's such a stock car track, kind of, just by because of the car counts and how big of a deal it is, and they got their own thing. But, man, it's just, it's nice being able to utilize all the lanes, the way they prep the track and everything, even yeah. that day that we were there in the summer and it was dried out, right? Yeah. You know, like, it's, it's nice to be able to utilize the bottom, the top, the way the, the track takes moisture, uh, you know, those guys, they really know, know what they're doing, you know, and, it, and it's it's hard. I don't think anyone, if you ask anyone the IRA grid, I don't, no one would ask to not run, or uh, not run 141 more often. Yeah. So I think that's big. I mean, obviously Knoxville is, wasn't on the IRA schedule, was a, was a really, really cool place to go and and see, and um, I'm really, really kind of bummed that we didn't get to run Fairbury this year because Fairbury for the one hot lap I got was pretty freaking sick. So. <laughs> yeah, for the rain game now, Fairbury is yeah. definitely one of my favorites too, Sean. Uh, but we yeah. got pe- we got people in the chat calling for CC. Um, oh. <laughs> apparently, CC is pretty popular. So. Yeah, yeah, CC. Um, She's just chilling in Georgia. She's been kind of laying low. We spent a couple weeks with her. Uh, we had family. Um, family got COVID and was in the hospital. So been kind of a little bit off social media and everything because we had to take care of them and, and kind of utilize some, some other things going on in, in our personal lives and try to make sure everything was reset for next year. But Cece's uh, taking care of the family. She's down in Georgia <laughs> doing dog things. And uh, right now in Boston, I'm sitting around four amazing Huskies that are my brother and sister-in-law. So uh, that's kind of filling Cece's place. That's awesome. Give him a good woo for me. Um, and I think uh, we're going to let you go, but if you got anybody else that you want to thank, I know you kind of listed off your sponsors earlier, uh, but we got to move on to our next interview. But, of course, we thank you for coming on, Sean. Awesome. I hope you guys have a good one, and I just want to, you know, thank everyone for their support this year and uh, look forward to doing everyone proud in 2021. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, and have a good rest of your holidays. You guys, too. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Sean. Sean Ray Hall, everybody, on the Gas Roots Project Hot Seat segment. And now I think we're going to give old Tyler Tischendorf a call. I don't know if he sent me his number yet, but... He did. I saw it pop up on your... All right, sounds good. I will just... uh, What time are we at on the hour thing? We are... We should be playing good. Oh, we're plenty good. Plenty good. More time to go talk about... It's all fives. Okay. Now people can hack my. Ideas. You just told everybody. Everybody. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> might have to change it now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening to that interview with Sean. We're gonna call up old Tish. No. I'm changing my password. I think well, he might be on the road. So. Are now watching this live or on the air? <laughs> I changed it. <laughs> I forgot. Hello? Tyler, it's Will, Lauren, and the rest of the Midwest Autosports crew. How are you doing today? We got him? 
Tyler? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing today? It's Will, Lauren, and the rest of the Midwest Auto Sports crew. Is he there? Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're saying, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh. You got it? Can you, you got us? Yep, now we're good. All, All right. right. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Love this guy. All right. Tyler Tishnor for everybody. Um, he's our next guest, obviously, MSA Sprints competitor. Had a couple really good runs there at the end of the last season. Um, and just an all-around good guy. How are we doing today, Tyler? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Doing well, just good. fine and dandy. So I'm going to get the questions started off here. Um, first off, um, my kind of first question is what did you i'm going to take one out of chatty maddie's book right here um what did you learn this past season because obviously you know you picked it up at the end of 2019 getting a heat race win and a good top five finish in a feature um or not top five but top 10 and then uh this year you really stepped it up and had a couple really really good strong runs there at the end of the year um what has kind of changed or has or has nothing really changed and you just kind of been learning as you go what kind of what's changed and what can you apply to next season uh, well i think our my mentality driving wise has changed i've uh i've gotten more comfortable with the car and i've gotten more comfortable as to if it will stick or not that was my big thing in 2019 and at the start of last year i was I never knew how hard I could push it and if it was thick or not. And um, there was one night where uh, last year, and I was like, you know what, let's, let's do it and see what happens. And um, and I gave that car everything it could, and it sucked. So it, um, that helped me a lot mentally. And um, the way we've been doing it, we've kind of at our, our initial setup from the start of the night and going forward throughout the night, we tend not to change too much on it and I adjust my driving to it, which I think personally works better for me because otherwise then we change the setup and everything and then I got to get used to new stuff. Mm-hmm. I think both my driving style and we're getting, uh, we're getting our um, we're getting I think for health-wise, um, it kind of sucks he's leaving next year, but um, I'd like to go to uh, Brandon Mullen. He always, he always was there to offer a hand to help, and if we needed a part or something, he would loan us one of his for the night, or if we were just scrambling trying to get something put back together, he or some of his crew guys would be there helping out, and... Uh, Brennan is also a really good guy just to talk to, just to get kind of just some pointers on on uh, what what I can do in some situations. So that's who I would normally like to go to. Um, but 
but I'm pretty sure he's running just a half schedule next year. So mm. hopefully I can see him at some of the races. But, uh, um, but yeah, Brandon McLaren was my big guy to go to. Absolutely. You have any questions for yeah. Tyler. Hi, Tyler. This is Gary Cornell. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I got a somewhat simple but complicated question for you. Oh boy. For those of the listeners who really don't know much about you, can you just tell us a little bit about where you came from and where you're going long term, if you have any idea? Um, well, basically my, um, well, for a past three generations of station doors, it's all been racing. And so that's kind of, that's what I grew up on. I really haven't been around anything else. I mean, I, in high school and stuff, I played a lot of baseball and hockey and stuff, but, um, those were never really my one true big focus. It was always racing. It was, um, even like obviously during the winters and stuff, it was playing hockey. I'd be focusing on like, um, getting the car ready for the next season and summer I would even miss some baseball games to go to races. And so it's always been a big part of my life and I'm pretty sure it will be for the rest of my life. Um, obviously at some point I'd like to, find a ride in a 410, that'd be, that'd be my ultimate goal. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how, how far I'd go with that, but um, just for someone with an open seat and even hop in for a couple races and have a good night or two and get some people to go like, ooh. But, yeah. So hopefully that opportunity could come up someday and um, um, I'd, I'd like to so I'm going to jump back here to a specific race. Um, obviously, the one that we're all talking about from last year was your race at Beaver Dam, um, where you had a very, very legitimate shot at winning yeah. at winning that feature. Mm-hmm. What did that race in particular do for your confidence going forward for the rest of last season? Because, I mean, it was night and day. After that race, I mean, you were up there pretty much every night, top 10, top 5, somewhere around there. Um, obviously, you had a couple engine issues and whatnot, but uh, what does that do for your confidence going into next year, having a night like that? Yeah, that was an extreme confidence boost. Um, even just that whole last part of the season was. But just to know that I'm capable of it, we've got the equipment capable of it, and um, obviously I would have liked to have been able to pull that one off of the other day. That would have been insane, but... I know our, our time is coming, and just uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And we're going to have one night where all the people of the puzzle come together and we'll be able to square one together. So we're getting, our, um, we're getting some new parts on our motor for next year, so um, um, we're going to be have a fresh motor and... Uh, we'll have some fresh parts in that thing, and hopefully we can keep our momentum rolling through 2021. And uh, speaking of fresh parts and all that good stuff, you've got a couple new sponsors coming on next year. Obviously, the big one that was just announced is the Green Bay Blizzard, which is the professional arena football team uh, up in Green Bay. So that, how did that deal kind of come about? And, uh, you know, how did I guess just how did that happen? He's one of our true guys, and he does a lot for our team. He is actually cousins with the owner of the team. And so 
one day and she mentioned to him um, that well, she just wanted to learn more about like what this guy was and stuff. And so um, a couple months ago, she gave me a call and uh, she was talking about like wanting to put her name in the car and stuff. And I was like, oh, there's, there's no way a professional football team is going to stop for a race car. But <laughs> sure enough, all the, everything came together and, uh, and, and we got them on. So hopefully that can be a future thing and, uh, and we can keep going with them. That'd be pretty cool. Cause we're, we're talking about having, uh, bringing the car out to uh, games and stuff before the game, have it parked out in front of the rush center. And, yeah, that'd be good. and yeah. And, um, everybody coming to watch can look at it. And, uh, any of she was talking about, uh, during halftime, they'll have, um, there's an area that we could light the car off and I pop it out of gear and they push me into the, push me right onto the field during halftime. So I, I don't know how that one's going to go. I, uh, that would be insane if that could happen, but, um, so yeah, it's a really cool deal we got with them. It's like it's a really unique thing. I don't think too many people have a football team as a sponsor, so no, I'm excited for that. that. And That's awesome. I've never heard of that before, ever. Um, yeah. But I think um, right before we get off here uh, with you, Tyler, we're going to go over something really cool. We're going to welcome, I know I, I posted yesterday that we're announcing a new driver today. Guess who our new driver is? It's Tyler. So I just hey, want to cool. say, nice. I just, I just want to say welcome to the team. Uh, we're really excited to have you on board uh, for Team MAS next year. I'm, I'm really excited for this. It's, it'll be really cool. I'm, I've wanted to do this uh, even like at the start of last year. I saw that people are joining it, and I thought it was really cool. And so I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, Absolutely, man. Well, again, welcome to the team. I'm sure Will's really excited to have another one of his competitors uh, on board. <laughs> so we can't we can't play favorites anymore with Will. Uh, with Will, still, still can if you want. I mean, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank you again for coming on and taking the time, Tyler. And uh, have a good rest of your holiday season. I appreciate. It. Thanks for having me. You too. All right, Tyler Tishner for everybody on the Gas Roots Project Hot Seat segment, and uh, we thank him for coming on. And now we've got in-person interviews. Woohoo! Nice. And we'll give Maddie your phone back so she can change her password. Um, but I think first off, we're going to go welcome in to the hot seat, the yeah, actual yeah. hot seat. We need to, like, paint it orange or yeah, something. Yeah, it's got to be orange. I agree with the orange. Flames. We covered up the Chad and sticker. There we go. There, there we go. it is. Um, we'll move Cardboard Carl. If anybody has any questions for Cardboard Carl, um, we'd love to hear them <laughs> I, I, in the comments. Uh, Tyler Davis. Do a different voice. Tyler Davis Racing says, Happy Holidays from TDR. So, yes, Happy Holidays to you, Tyler, and uh, hope all is well over at the Davis camp. But right now, we'd like to welcome in another MSA 360 uh, competitor. It seems like this show is just full of them. They're yeah. sprouting up like weeds. <laughs> um, we've got Preston Rue in the house. Um, how are we doing today, Preston? Oh, I'm doing pretty good yourself. Good. Uh, did you have a good Christmas? I did. Good. Christmas. That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to get the questions kicked off here. And uh, kind of along the lines of what I asked Tyler, um, you had a, a couple really good runs there uh, last season. Obviously, another another good young driver had a good run at Beaver Dam, uh, second place to Brandon McMullen, which there's no shame no. in ever. That's like that's like finishing second to Kyle Larson in, right. in, yeah. uh, in MSA terms. Yep. Um, so 
what does that do for your confidence? I know it kind of tailed off at the end of the year a little bit. You had a lot of just issues on the car, yeah. kind of out of your control. But what does that do for your confidence going into next year now, now knowing that you have the car underneath you to do what you need to do? It's, it's a lot more helpful, especially mm-hmm. with the confidence, to be able to know that I can achieve something like that, even though it didn't happen later on in the year. That was mostly mm-hmm. because we started messing with the setup too much. We had it where you'd go up for hot laps, a little thing felt off, so then you change it, and then eventually we got to the point where we were changing so much that it, you just overchanged everything and mm-hmm. nothing would work out for the rest of the night. So next year we're definitely going to be going back to the setup that we started the year with and uh, hoping for something along those lines to happen again. Something good to happen. <laughs> exactly. Less, less is sometimes more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. learned that in the go-karts running on asphalt. You really don't need to change that much. No. And mm-hmm. it changes everything. But I get it when you're in when you're in the midst of the night. You're like, oh, this is terrible. So we exactly. need to change it, and then it just goes swings. That completely happens the so much at the uh, half mile. At oh Beaver yeah. Dam. That, I mean, coming into the corner, it would set just a little bit too hard, and then we change it, and all of a sudden, it didn't set for the corner at all. That's, that's a bit <laughs> that's, of a problem. That's not good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that's not good at all. Um, and then obviously plans for next season and beyond. Um, obviously you're going to college here next yes. year. Yep, going to um, next year. So kind of what are your plans? Obviously next year still MSA full time. Yes, yes. Next year is going to be MSA awesome. full time. We're going to go with them to every track they go to. Um, but beyond that, it's going to be we're going to kind of feel it out and see yeah. what it is. Hopefully we'll stick around with the MSA. Like to like a top three in championship eventually that'd be um, awesome and then the overall goal would be to go with the ira yeah. but with college happening and then a job after that i, I don't see myself going to all-stars or world of outlaws just running with the ira that'd be nice yeah hopefully <laughs> they don't go to south dakota too many more times right. so that i don't <laughs> yeah. have to do that so. and go to work on monday but well that's the beauty of the ira exactly they schedule around the working man they do so yeah you do have a thursday oddball show in yeah. there or a Sunday night. Yeah. Yeah. But in, generally, but in general, we're located. Yeah. It's an hour, hour or two exactly. away from home. So work Monday morning, no problem. Yeah. What? Carl has cut off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my wonderful fiance, Amy, everybody. I'm um, back on her work. Poor what Carl. Her, her head, what do you mean his head's cut off? It's the hat. No, it's not. Oh, that's fine. Uh, I'm not talking. Oh, oh, no, never mind. Okay. All right. We, we got to make sure Carl gets his clout, everyone. Exactly. Um, but, Can I take our more Carl thoughts? Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so moving again, kind of next year, obviously you have Justin Miller's old chassis. Yes, right? yes, I do. So obviously, is it still the car that you're going with next year? Yes. Did, that get, did it get junked last year? <laughs> no, it did not. Thankfully, we didn't wreck nearly as many. The very first year we raced, we destroyed four front ac- front axles. Oh, Many times during that year. But this past year, we had to replace one shock, and that was it. Wow. And that so was that, it. That's got to be nice yeah. going into next was, year again with kind of, you know, obviously limited budget on yeah. your end of things. So, yeah. and even we talk about limited budget, but Brandon McMullen has a limited budget. Yeah. And there's a big reason he's going halftime next yep. year. Um, and right. they do, uh, they do their entire operation with one of everything, yep. which is kind of the same thing that you yeah, guys do. Yeah. So it's still like, and obviously you as well, finishing second at Beaver Dam and, and running up front for much of the early part of the season, you know, it's very possible to do the things that McMullen does. And, you know, even the bigger budget guys like Kurt Davis and stuff like that, yeah. 
they they're all on the same level playing field. What is what do you think that says about the MSA in terms of what they've done with their motor program and stuff and with how many cars they have and the pretty much twenty cars could win on yeah. any night. I, I think it really then makes the earlier part of the night more important. And mm. that's it's really good that they've done that because then it really means that anyone can go out and win. Mm. And it really makes it I mean, fair is not the right word because it's not it's not fair never More is. level playing field. Yeah, yeah, more level playing field. And uh I know was it last two years ago where I did my first ever interview on this podcast with Will yeah. and I told him that there were 12 different winners in the MSA which yeah. was almost half of the races that season were won by different people. Yeah. That's cool. Um, last year obviously it was a little more dominated by Brandon and Travis yeah. but there were still one-off winners like Adam Miller. Yep. Um, Paul Pekorski won the opener. Paul Pekorski won the opener. Um, you know, so there's always that chance. And uh, and obviously, when you have guys from the IRA every once in a while come down to the MSA, like Scotty Knight's only hops into yeah. that U2W. And He's Scotty Thiel occasionally. Scotty Thiel yeah. in the 39S, yeah, in our in our Randy Sippel car. So, yep. I mean, that was, uh, that was really cool. And I think it really kind of throws out the window what kind of equipment you have. Because, yeah. I mean, you obviously still have to have good stuff. But, I mean, if you – like, Will, what did you win that last race of the season on? About 6,000 RPM? Yeah, we our so, engine was really really oh, bad yeah. and oh, we man. barely could turn it at all. But it's all you really needed. I think hitting your marks was more important than uh, raw power. I would yeah. guess, but exactly. And I think it it really says a lot about the MSA in terms of if you're a good driver, you're gonna you're gonna do well. Yeah. Because I think yeah. if, if there's a lot of good drivers in the MSA, but it's more like if you're really good this night, you're probably going to win or finish yeah. second or third or something yep. like that. If you're, if it's your night, you're going to be up front. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's obviously some guys that had struggles this season, like you guys with motor issues and stuff where I think you would have been up front just about every night if, you know, if you didn't have those issues, but yeah, it's but still, it's still, think if the cards fall for anyone, it could exactly. happen in that. I mean, we saw oh, exactly. that with, uh, Preston yourself of a few nights this year. And you said that you maybe went a little too far with your adjustments and that's yep. why you weren't running up front. But, just the show. I mean, you you ran really good at Beaver Dam. You led some laps there, yeah. and uh, yeah, I just think everyone in the MSA in general is really is really stepped up their game to compete with Brandon and the guys up front and Kurt and Danny. I mean, Danny, he's no longer racing with the MSA, but still, I think it's kind of the same effect that Bill had on the IRA. Yeah, where you have that you have the Brandon McMullins, the Kurt Davis, the Travis Harrods, and stuff like that. Everybody else has to get better to compete. Exactly. And now that we've had that with the IRA and Bill's kind of, I feel like the IRA is kind of Bill's baby in a sense. Like I'm yep. sure Steve Sinclair's going to hate me for saying that, but Bill has been there. He's won ten championships, and he's forced all of these guys to get so good where. These guys can finish in the top 10 with the World of Outlaws. They can finish in the top 10 with the All-Stars. Blake Neamey damn near won an All-Star race. So these guys have gotten to the point where they're basically competing against All-Star and Mm Outlaw-level talent every week with Bill there. Mm -hmm. He was was teaching them. Exactly. So these guys have been in the same series as Bill Baylog, and all of a sudden they've had to get better, and now it's to the point where they can go out and compete with the top guys from the series when they come into town. Yep, and I feel like it's the same kind of deal with the MSA. Um, you know, you see, I really wish that there was another series in the area or that the MSA ran the same motors as another series so we can yeah. kind of see the comparison. Because I feel like whenever MSA guys have gone up to the IRA, they've done really well. Yeah. Like when Brandon McMullen had his couple races up in there in the yep. Bob Hood car and in the Aussie car, he made the World of Outlaws feature at Angel Park. I think people yeah. always forget about yeah. that. He they, made yeah, that feature in the Aussie car. Yep. 
and he won his heat race with the All Stars at Plymouth yep. the first year they were there. So and yes. he beat Aaron Reitzel. And who who, who would have known what the finish that race was because it got rained out before exactly. that A ever pushed he off. He would have been exactly. he would have been in the dash. So yeah. it's yeah. it's you know it's who knows. But then obviously Travis Aaron's this year goes up to the IRA and finishes really well in the yep. couple races yeah. he runs there. He had a great battle with us mm-hmm. at uh, Beaver Dam for yep. fifth yeah. and sixth, and we. Yeah, if anybody's out there listening to this who's looking for a driver. Not yeah. sure what, what how Brandon feels about this, but man, if you're looking for a Brandon driver, McMullen, man, he has yeah. potential. Give if you would have gave him a second uh, season, that the IRA, car, that he would have had victories. he would have had victories under his belt. The fact that Brandon McMullen isn't in the IRA, and I know he's got his own reasons for not being there, and the team has their own reasons for not wanting to move up. Yeah. But the fact that he's not in the IRA is so it's it's not frustrating, but at the same time, it's like I want to see what he could do exactly. in a full like if he had gotten that Ryan Auto his car, rookie his rookie year was stellar. It was amazing. He almost won a few races. Yep. Yep. He never wrecked anything. No, he didn't. No, he, the one car he did wreck was the Aussie car that World of Outlaws show. Right. That was the one car he wrecked all season. And so, I mean, it's they're the one four ten he's wrecked. So it's, uh, it's guys like that where it really frustrates me that I just want to see what they could do in a four ten. You're the same way. I want this guy to have a freaking four ten because I feel like you'd wheel the crap out of it. But uh <laughs> but Preston, I feel like um, you know, you're kinda of in the same boat where it's like, you know, you've been in the MSA for a couple of years now. You and Tyler are actually same yeah, rookie same, same rookie, rookie class. Yeah. Uh, which is Still one of the biggest rookie classes, that was the, or is the biggest? It is the biggest. I was thinking it was twelve because there was that twelve full time who were in contention, and then it was twenty cars over the season where that were first car, up, yeah, right? Because I think twice. Sean was in there, or yep. technically because he ran like yep. one one race or something like that, and then there was a couple other guys. Um, but yeah, that's that's a re- and it's still a really good rookie class. But then you get guys too like Anthony Nero, who's I think looking yeah. at doing some four ten stuff this year, if not full time. I or talked something like to that. him a little bit about that because we got some parts off of him. But yeah, he says he's doing. I mean, he's doing a little bit of both. Yeah, I know Jack Vanderboom's kind of the same way. He's in that same rookie. Yeah, class. he's in the same rookie. So class. I think um, I think those that class of rookies and you know I talked to I don't remember if I talked to you about this, but. What is that like being in that awesome class of rookies and, you know, being able to learn with those same 10 group of kids that are all, you know, really good moving up? It really makes me hopeful for the future mm-hmm. of racing because it it shows that it, you don't need to have raced in this series for 25 years to be good at it. You can yeah. actually come in and, I mean, just look at Jack Vanderboom winning, almost <laughs> yeah. winning about 70 races. Yes, <laughs> Jack turned it exactly. on at Dodge County. Oh, that dude. Oh. That made McMullen, like, look back and go, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> that slider that he threw at the end was, oh, boy. it was a glorious full send in yep. the last quarter. <laughs> it was so close to being amazing, and then it was just, oh, the right rear to the wall. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he he's he's due, man. Yep. Him and you and Tyler and everybody in that class are mm-hmm. so due for a feature win. I yeah. mean, it'll be um, a party. Yeah, it'll, it'll be, a, be party. a party when one of us. When gets one the of you guys win, win it's, mm-hmm. everybody's gonna be Holy there. Holy crap! I mean, it wasn't even a party when Will won, and I don't know why we part. I mean, it's, you've already won one. It's not, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> you won the same night you proposed. Yes, that was one of the still one of the greatest nights of my life. Sean won Rookie of the Year, I proposed, and Will won his feature. It was amazing. Very good. That was great. Um, and uh, But I think that's just going to about do it for you, Preston. Thank yeah. you for coming out of the hot seat. And we're going to do a little switcheroo electric boogaloo. All right. And uh, bring in Chatty Maddie. So. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for coming out, Preston. Thing, what we do in gym class, you have to do the high five. And Tag, then switch. Tag team. There you go. <laughs> Hello again. Welcome, Hello. Chatty Maddie, to the <laughs> Gaspers Project hot seat segment. Um, and I think... 
How much time do we have left? We're about like 10 minutes. Oh, we should be fine. We have eight minutes left. Oh, we're going to blitz this. Plenty of time. All right, so Chatty Maddie, update us on what's happening for 2021. I know you've got some good stuff in the works. And uh, mm-hmm. it seems like everybody wants to know what your schedule's like. So yeah. you can get into that. My schedule is going to be, I work at Adagami Friday nights, as I have for the past two years. Adagami has gladly and taken me back, and I'm really glad that they've become family to me. Every Friday night, my boss there texts me like, hey, how's school? How's it going? What's going on? Um, they've been my home for the past two years. I'm going to be working with the IRA this year, trying to get more my feet deeper into the water with the IRA sprint cars. I'm working with Ray Underwood, learning what I can. Um, I'm going to be attending more MSA shows whenever I can. There's a special driver that I like watching. Um, I have no idea who no that, idea who that, that would be. Um, I like watching Maybe they came here together. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to tune in, watch some MSA um, races. Um, this year, I have gotten some opportunities to hop on with the World of Outlaws occasionally. Um, Wes with the Then I Got Laws and I are going to be talking more. He's a great role model for me. Has given me plenty of opportunities to learn. I'm definitely learning a lot from him. We're going to be talking a lot more within the season and figuring out what we can do to work together. Mm-hmm. We have some up and coming projects that we're thinking about of doing and kicking off new series within my platform All to right. keep myself up in there, keep people in, in the my know. page and what's going <laughs> on. We're going to take new perspectives is what I'm going to hint at. We're going to mm. look at new perspectives of drivers. We're going to dig deeper because anybody can ask. Hi, Will. How, how, how was your night tonight? How was racing? Good. Anybody can ask, <laughs> nice, Anybody nice can ask those kinds of questions. We want to be, and me and my dad want to be that person that takes it the extra step. And mm-hmm. what's something we can look at that nobody else looks at in the area? So stay tuned for that. Okay. Oh, very, so very excited. I'm very excited. We're going to try to pull it all together, even yeah. start it within the season in 2021. We also want to start... While we do interviews, something new called Chatty Maddie Show Me How. Ah, so show you how stuff works. Show me how it works. Tell me how to change the wicker bill. Tell me what yeah. this is. Tell me how to use and to put together the, the front left tire, how to bolt it in. Sure. Something that fans have no idea. Like, until That's this cool. year, I had no idea how to change a wicker bill. I didn't know what a wicker bill was. Way simpler than people think. It is. <laughs> it sounds complex. It sounds higher. Exactly. Yeah. Simple things yeah. that yeah. mechanical things of the race cars that fans probably don't think of, but huh? What is a wicker bill? What do you mean groove a tire? Or yeah. Make it like with different patterns, and what does those patterns do for the race car? How to put shocks on the right way? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, well, at me. Okay. Yeah. So start asking those kinds of questions in our interviews in twenty one. Nice. Awesome. Um, and then obviously you got some sponsor news. We do. Professional planning has jumped on again for twenty twenty one. I'm hey. very All grateful. Right. Yes. We're gonna be working together again. Um, they've helped me a lot in the past year. They want to keep going this year. I'm very grateful. I actually got a chance to tour professional plating. I got the front front seats into the tour. I saw all of their really cool big machines on what they do and how they do it. They have a very strong bond together with their employees. They are now when people ask me 
who's professional plating, what do they do? You can tell them. Now yeah. I can really tell them, besides what I can tell them off their website. I've gone deep mm -hmm. into their, like, what they do with their machines. I've talked to employees. I got on the line. Like, yeah. I was looking at parts that they ship out to, to Harley-Davidson for their motorcycles yeah. that are powder-coated now. I thought it was really cool to be able to get that tour. And it's a really great place to work. You can make sure you check them out at www.pro. P-L-A-T-I-N-G dot com and yeah. on Facebook. Very, very nice. Very nice plug. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Okay, no, we love. have done so much for me. Yeah. We love. Pointing me in the right direction. We love yeah. pro plating. They've yeah. been a partner of the podcast actually for the first two seasons uh, of our show mm -hmm. and they've uh, supported our E-series and you know, pretty much everything that we do and uh it's it's awesome that they're so involved and especially Larry Deets. I mean, I love yeah. love seeing him at races and you know he's not a guy that kind of sits in the wings and just feeds income to people. You know what I mean? He's a right. guy that gets involved and he mm -hmm. goes to the races, walks around the pits, gets his hands dirty, yep. um, and just a really really great guy. So um, yeah, it's, it's an amazing company. Really yeah. is. They do so much for racing in Wisconsin. If we couldn't do what we do in the racing world and no. the tracks without these big sponsors we right. need to keep thanking them enough because they some people don't even know what racing is right and yeah. with the help of these huge sponsors and these corporate offices helping us out mm -hmm. giving us highlights and monetary values and just coming to the track mm -hmm. we need to make sure we thank them a lot more because we can't do it without them coming to the You're track my settings exactly from earlier we yeah. need to put out more for our sponsors. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, we, we try to do, you know, promote everything that we can here at Midwest Auto Sports, especially, mm -hmm. like, you know, when we're starting this year, we're doing weekly sponsor highlights uh, for our drivers and stuff like that because, you know, these are the the only reason that cars are able to be on the track yeah. is one, fans, two sponsors. And then, and then obviously the teams and the crews, but if you don't have the money to pay the team and the crew or buy the parts that the team and the crew can put on the car, you don't have a car. Yeah. So it's it's a huge huge deal that not a lot of people understand, um, but we're gonna get close. We're getting close to our uh, limit here. Um, thank you for having me on once again. Yeah, enjoy it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming into the studio in person in the Shark Mobile. I saw it in pull up <laughs> today. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna take a quick ad break and we're gonna come back um, with just wrapping up the show. We've got one thing in the rumor mill that we forgot to talk about. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. So uh, we're going to come back with that and then wrap up the show. All right. Thank you for sticking with us through that second ad break. Obviously, very long show here today, but uh, thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. Um, one thing in the rumor mill here that we didn't talk about earlier that we kind of missed, SRX has basically confirmed that they're coming to Wisconsin. We don't know where. They put um, out a neat little graphic map of yeah. states and... Wisconsin was highlighted in that It map. was highlighted, so, so I, we don't know what that means. Does that mean Slinger? Does where that would mean... you guys like to see him? Where would you guys want to see... I know I put yeah. a poll earlier this week, but uh, where would you want to see... There's a couple of tracks on top of my head that I think would be amazing. One would be Slinger. Two would be Madison. Madison mm -hmm. would be cool. They already have Silver Crown this year, too. Yes. Um, and uh, I really want to see him on Dirt. Because I know that they are racing on dirt. They're racing at Eldora, and I'm assuming Knoxville, because they had yeah. Iowa highlighted as well. I don't know if there'll be any uh, like venues that would be big enough for SRX no. and what they're hoping for. Cedar um, Lake, maybe, but it's just not a big enough track, I don't right. think. I think the cars are going to be too big. I'm assuming they're going to be about as big as a Trans Am car, uh, which is kind of how it's looking. Yeah. Um, yep. But I... I don't know. For those of you who don't know, SRX is a superstar racing experience. Um, it's yep. a Tony Stewart, Ray Evernham brainchild. 
um, that's kind of combining all the best of every racing world. Um, there's an F1, Mark, Mark Weber, F1 veteran race winner, is going to race. Tony Stewart, obviously. Then there's guys like uh, Willie T. Ribs uh, from NASCAR fame and uh, now Trans Am fame. Ernie Francis Jr. is like a seven-time Trans Am champ, but he's only like Ernie, 22, yeah. uh, which is insane. Um, and then there's going to be some other people as well. There's Bobby Labonte. Then there's Paul Tracy, uh, champ car champion. Um, so, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty interesting. The cars look like a combination of like a stock car for dirt, but then also there's some Trans Am type elements with you a, a massive wing. spoiler, which looks awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it really adds much for, uh, there for performance, go. but it, the, the guys said it looked, it looked really cool. So the entry list right now is Tony Stewart, Tony Kanon, Paul Tracy, Bobby Labonte, Elio Castroneves. Willie T. Ribs, Mark Weber, Bill Elliott, and Ernie Francis Jr. Yes, wow. Bill Elliott. That's that's an attention getter. Yes, yes, it is. Um, and it's going to be really cool to see where they run. Um, I personally would like to see them at Milwaukee. I think that place needs a really big event like that to kind of bring in some more revenue. Yeah. Uh, because I know they're racing twice next year. They have two. Arca Midwest Tour. Is and, the, and the big Arca Tour. And, the big, and regular Arca. So yes. I think it's going to be... Good year for Milwaukee. Um, I oh, yeah. still think they need IndyCar back. Um, <laughs> I still want it Just to, to be the... Just to keep the history and the tradition going. It's The it's, week after Indy. Exactly. It's always it been the week after the 500, and that's the one oval I'll approve of. That and Gateway. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think that's just about going to do it. Um, obviously, has, no... Has anybody circle, seen but... anything on Willie T. Ribs in the last 20 years? No. I remember watching him race the Milwaukee Mile and the... He's funny on Twitter. Early, early to <laughs> mid nineties, when he was in NASCAR. Yeah. But uh, ever since then, I I have not heard of him. Huh. I'm I'm waiting. We also for have her. that one kid, whoever that is, the Trans Am guy, Ernie Francis Ernie. Jr. Yeah. Twenty two years old. And he's a seven time Trans Am champion. How did I don't even know how that happens. That's insane. Superstar. Superstar. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Expect him to maybe see him in a Formula One seat someday, huh? Yeah. That would be insane. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it, though. It's good on road courses. Yeah. Obviously, trains them. But, uh, I don't know. You got anything else? I don't have anything else. Happy holidays. Yeah. Happy freaking holidays. That was a good show. We've yeah. been here for two, we've been sitting down for two hours. Yeah, a long one, but it was okay. A long one. And thank you guys yeah. for sitting around. We've had a lot of people come How in and out. Um, listening? That's awesome. Nine. And, uh, well, we were up at like 30 something at one point so uh, thank you all, all of you guys for sticking with us stay in tuned and uh, yeah thank you for sticking around with this little bit different type of podcast this week uh, we'll be back to normal next week and uh, I think I can confirm now our guest next week is going to be Bailey Goldsberry Ooh. Oh, cool. so that's going to be a very very cool episode uh, very excited to hear what Bailey has to say she is going to run quite a bit of IRA stuff next year she oh, confirmed that fun. on her Twitter nice. um, possibly running for rookie of the year so Ooh. that would be very very cool <laughs> Um, Add another one to the mix, huh? Exactly. Like, we need more IRA cars next year. It's going to be a great year. Um, and it's we wish you all happiest of New Year's. Um, the next time you'll see us will be in 2021. Absolutely. So I think that's just about going to do it. For all you folks at home, I don't know why I just snapped. Uh, <laughs> keep it flat out. Talk to you next week or talk to you next year. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes, absolutely. If, if you guys have not already... Give Checkered app a check out. Yes, Checkered. 
we're all our, we're all on checkered now. So yeah. I think it's 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 kind of a it's a racing specific social media app for race teams, drivers, yeah. sponsors, organizations, everything. It's really cool. And they're starting to make a splash here in Wisconsin, so and follow Wisconsin Sprint Car Updates. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. They are they are our new marketing partner. So you'll see yes. a few things coming in the next couple of weeks out of our camp on that. Uh, but otherwise, it's just for any anybody. You know, a, a great supplement for your Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're on Checkered at Midwest Auto Sports. I think Will has a Checkered account now as well. Yep. Um, he played some poker last night and won some money, so he made one. And even though it's free, I don't know why I even. That's not an analogy to use. <laughs> I think I've been sitting here too long. But yeah. anyways, I'll talk yeah. to you guys next week. Keep it flat out and... Bye. Yeah. <laughs>